Good evening. Hailing frequencies are open. Welcome to Clear Skies, everybody. Uh, it's Monday night. It's time for some Star Trek adventures with uh, good friends, Stream Punks. How y'all doing? Wee! Oh, okay, whoa, whoa. That is way too much energy. I need you all to calm the F down. I would like to point out I did not do the wee. You did not do I did not wee. Were you too busy in the minute? I was too busy. No, it's starting already. <laughs> well, that's our show for tonight. You have not peed? I was no, I did the wee, like everyone went wee, and he said, oh, and I was just like, I have not weed. It's okay. I was like, okay. I've already delegated. Like, so maybe we should shut wow. the things down and start over. Start over. Start over. No, no, no. And we're good, everybody. We're going to fix this in post. We're good, because I, dele I delegated the opening, 10% uh, of our opening intro to awkwardly explaining our jokes that didn't get overheard. So, <laughs> We, we did, but we're at 10% now, oh, okay. so, so shut up for the rest of the intro. Are we, at, are we at the compliment part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. look at the amazing lipstick I'm between. That <laughs> 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 yes, spray is amazing. Oh, yes. It's amazing. <laughs> I, on the other hand, completely forgot to bring my makeup, so Olin has no face today. Me too. Actually. Oh, yeah, where's your Where face? did you put it? <laughs> no, I'm a faceless monster. Don't look at me. Yeah, but in Alien, you'd be rocking this. Like, yeah, no that, one... Uh, no one could touch you. Like, yeah, Facehuggers would be just completely screwed. Oh, uh, so yeah. creepy. I just have on whatever's <laughs> left over from last night. I had a gig last night, and sometimes I forget to watch. Is that what we're face. calling it? Now? All right. <laughs> it was a gig. It was. Not, it was mm. So we. Uh, so that's what we've been up to. <laughs> um, do we have any announcements before we jump into tonight's game? I don't have anything to announce yes. this evening. Yes. Go ahead. We are going to be at PAX East this weekend. Hey, hey PAX East. What are y'all doing? Come uh, find us on Friday during the day. There will be an LA by night. Meet up at oh, some sweet. point. It's up in place. It's a by secret. Day. I'll probably be there too, just because mm. I'll I'll meet up too. It might be by day, but <laughs> Friday night uh, we're going to be playing. Uh, it's Bonnie and myself, Alex Ward, Erica Ishii are playing a new RPG called Lancer. Mm -hmm. and oh, it's. it's Mechs and mech pilots. Yes, Sam and I know this one. So yes. we're going to be playing that uh, as a demonstration uh, on Friday night. Okay, you're going to have to run it when you get back. Yes, I have our characters play too. We've yeah. been wanting to play that. That'll be fun. Right on. Yeah. Cool. I'll Wait. So you're meeting. You're you're having a meetup during the day. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So it's LA by day by yeah, night. Yeah. 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 In night, Boston. By day, <laughs> in Boston. So it's LA by LA by night, night by day in, in Boston. Boston. Times I found it. Man. I found it. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Anybody else got any announcements that they'd like to share tonight? Discord, keep rocking. Keep making 20, me cry. 20,000. We've passed 20,000 messages on this. Yeah, so much, so much good love hoop bells. Yay! Yay! Mm -hmm, That's yeah. all I wanted. On the uh, Discord, um, uh, Yeoman Asmi has been uh, has begun to initiate submitting uh, ship plans of the day, which is an actual practice wow. where POD goes out to... The crew it's letting everybody know what sort of the the atmosphere or the themes or what is happening on the ship. And this is just part of the thrust to get um, more uh, sort of thematic interaction mm. with League of Whimsy on the RP Discord so that they can be a little more closely connected to what we're doing here on the show and uh, live in the world of the USS Ross. I love it. Yeah. Um, does anybody else have anything before we jumped into our end segment here for this opening top? Yes. Uh, Wednesday... On Q Times, right here, uh, the Uncommon Trust will be premiering our run of Battle Lords of the 23rd Century. Ooh. This is B Dave's favorite game. Uh, and if you like the sound of mechs, you will also like the sound of this. Uh, it is a mashup of pretty much all of the sci fi's all at once, and then you fight. <laughs> this is like the RPG equivalent of like mashing the action figures together, and it's a lot of fun. So please check that out here on Wednesday. And 
also premiering this week, the um, Uncommon Trust plus special guests Melee Damage and Aki. Uh, we are this week having our premiere of A Darkened Wish, the Yay. streaming tie-in to the official D&D comic by IDW, written by B. Dave Walters and uh, drawn by Tess Fowler. We're very excited. That'll be on Twitch. Uh, .tv slash D&D uh, from 5 to 7 p.m. All right, so a couple of announcements. Um, I think that's it for us. Aki, did you have something for us? I did, um, and I actually did a little write-up because I didn't want to trip over my words too much. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, today, on the last Monday of Black History Month, we said goodbye to one of the most prodigious figures in NASA's history. Katherine Johnston was instrumental in putting a man on the moon and extending the boundaries of human exploration beyond just our planet. She gave young black Americans permission to look farther than what we could have previously imagined. And without her contributions, we wouldn't be where we are now. There are so many like her, incredible black people all over the world making enormous strides forward to the benefit of all humanity. And many toil in obscurity, hidden by erasure or circumstance. To all of them, and to Catherine, I say thank you. Thank you for daring us all, as a race and a culture, to dream bigger, reach further, and jump higher. You are not just an inspiration to me, or to other young black Americans, but, oh, excuse me, but to countless other races, genders, and creeds. We all stand taller because of you, and now, we will have a moment of silence for Catherine to honor her life and her memory. Thank you, everyone. That was beautiful. Thank you, Aki. Happy Black History Month, everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, now that we're all crying, <laughs> any other announcements before we begin tonight's game of Clear Skies? Let's go ahead and jump in. Welcome back, everybody. 
I was just telling everybody a story uh, during the intro. Uh, this yesterday, when I was doing a writer's break, um, during a writer's break, I played some Star Trek Online, and I was doing an instant called Counterpoint, where you fight the mirror universe. And whoever you are that was flying the USS Ross, I saw you, and it was <laughs> awesome. Um, all right, let's go ahead and begin tonight's episode. It's been two months of space flight. Two months. But it would not be accurate to call it a rigorous two months. Two months of getting to know you. Two months of getting to know the Ross. And she has had moments of displaying her own personality. The Ross, of course, has already gone through her shakedown cruise. But being a new ship... Chief Tech, you've been kept kind of busy working out some of the bugs in the systems. Mm. Every now and then a replicator doesn't give the right drink. Every now and then there's a power system fluctuation or maintenance needs done on EPS conduits. Mm. Or plasma flow needs to once again be maintenance because that's, as you were told, one of the most vital elements of the ship with mm. two warp cores. Right. <laughs> um, but it has been an a pretty eventful journey even though the last big stop you had of course was at this planet with the Borg survivors of the Klingon Empire in truth for two months just the day-to-day -day interaction and getting to know your fellow crew and falling back into the habits of being a Starfleet officer on a deep space assignment has been the chief primary goal of everybody on board and so far Captain Sull as the GM, giving you an overview looking at a data pad, because you're approaching Narendra Station right now. The reports coming in from all the department's heads are very pleased to report that the crew has performed exemplary in just these two months, and is adapting to each other and all the different cultures that have uh, found themselves on board the ship quite well. Um, that includes, of course, the Odanians, who don't get to go out quite as often as everybody else. However, the truth of the matter is, is it's easy to turn the entire holodeck into a giant aquarium. For the Odanians in that case, a very large living space of recreation for when they want to leave uh, Deck 13 and can beam directly to the holodeck. Um, the ship has begun to really find its, its tone, its personality. It takes it a while, as you have been aware, um, Captain... Anytime you step on board a new ship, a ship develops its own personality. The crew kind of ends up developing its own habits, from bingo cards to to betting pools. Um, to, what? To, to brackets. Are we just going to list everything James is doing? Um, to, do I need a list? Okay. Good. Done. To plays being put on, to sports leagues, you name it. The crew has managed to find a way to creatively engage each other while doing their duties. And it's been an extraordinary journey just these two months. And has gotten there's an air, there's this feeling of excitement on board the ship when the uh, plan of the day comes out, preparing everyone for the imminent arrival at Narendra Station. You guys have been flying through Federation space for a few weeks now. Um... Having left the Klingon Empire, this you're on the the other side of the map now. Um, making it to the other side of the Klingon Empire, now you're in what is sometimes very inaccurately referred to by High Command, uh, the Federation Council, as the Strip. This is literally just a section of space in the Beta Quadrant that the Federation has colonized and made their own. The Klingon Empire doesn't seem to mind. 
The Romulans, hard to say. But on the other side of Federation territory is the Shackleton Expanse, which the Federation has taken a keen interest in. And their keen interest has drawn the keen interest of other quad of other species who want to know why the Federation is keenly interested. Mm-hmm. As a result, Starbase 364 has become a galactic hub on this side of the galaxy. Some people think this is no man's land and no thing is out here. There's nothing for anybody out here. Convenient, then. Mm-hmm. I am no man. <laughs> it's also been referred to as the next frontier of the galaxy and then everyone wants to get in on it in case they discover something interesting. Um... You're stepping out of your ready room at 0830 hours when you hear Vren reporting, Captain, we are now within visual range of Narendra Station. All right, do we have time? Time, Captain? Till we have the station. Oh, uh, yes, Captain, not for, we don't arrive for another hour and a half. Good, 90 minutes, thank you. 90 minutes, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start talking like that, 90 minutes. You see, he, he just you overhear him kind of make a mental note. Chief Tech to Captain Sol. Let's go for Sol. What do you have, Chief? Uh, at your leisure, Captain. If you could meet me in Holodeck 1, uh, again, whenever you have time. No emergency. Not my way. Oh. Uh, <laughs> as, you're, uh, as you're stepping forward, you, Exio, taking the center chair, um, as you're stepping towards the turbo lift, Prawl speaks up and says, Captain, uh, Captain, with your permission, uh, I didn't get a chance to speak to the yeoman before uh, she made announcements, but... I'd like to submit the entire crew a cultural database, a check sheet, if you will. Being this is a station full of Klingons, Captain, I just want to make sure that everyone knows, knows what... how not to get into fights with Klingons that they aren't looking for? Correct, Captain. Being that Narendra Station is something of a diplomatic... I don't want to call it a fragile diplomatic situation, but considering all the Klingons on board, I won't... An evolving situation, shall we say. You see him exhale as he's trying to find the words, and he says, I'm aware that once we step off board the station, I'm not going to have the authority that I normally am granted as a Starfleet officer. I just want to make sure nobody gets into fights that they don't have to get into. All right. Do run it by the ambassador when you're done. Yes, Captain. Thank you. That'll be all. He goes back to his station, takes a seat right behind Tactical. Make my way to Holodeck One. Okay. You step into the turbo lift, and um, Vren leans over to you. And says, "Hey." What? I've been practicing. Practicing. I can eat those eggs now. Ren, I sure hope you have a Taspar egg to prove this to me, because until I see pics, it didn't happen. You wait until we get there. I've been practicing. All right. What's, what's, uh, actually, let's raise the stakes a little bit here. Uh, what, what, what do I get if you fail? I mean, bragging rights is perfectly fine with me. Like, that's, that's, that's high currency in my, uh... In my mind, but and you hear you somebody know. clearing their throat behind oh. you, and oh. both of you look back. And, and Prawl isn't giving you the eye, but he's watching, and he goes back to like t- typing on no. the station. Um, uh, Vren leans back over to you and just says, "I don't know. What do you want?" I, I, this is I'm I'm not the criminal mastermind here. That's you. All right. Uh, uh, okay. You'll think of something, I'm sure. You think of something, and I'll Shh, think of something. We're not supposed to be talking. 
Lieutenant, I'm trying to do my job here. Like, Vren just goes back to his station. <laughs> and you, from oh, behind you and above, you just hear Prawl. You just, Prawl says something in native trill that amounts to Jesus Christ. Um, just kind of rolls off of his tongue a little bit as he goes back to like typing up this, this like memo that he's writing. I'm just, I'm just, yes. I'm, I'm just sitting myself. here trying to study this cultural database checklist. I don't want to get into any fights. Do I'm not accuse Klingons of being cowards. Do not. I just, it's, she's just making a show of it. Okay. I'm looking at this checklist. I'm not getting into any fights. Thank you. Ren, stop bothering me. Um. Prove that when you're in fights, you will have known better. Yes. <laughs> what? So we will cut to the doors of the holodeck opening, mm -hmm. and you see Captain Sol stepping into this holodeck. What do they see? Yeah, so as you walk in, uh, you notice at first what you think is like an industrial kitchen. Uh, everything is very oh like polished <laughs> steel. Uh, and there are containers that seem to be uh, stacked all over the place. You don't see tech right away, but on closer obser observation, you see that it's not ingredients that are on uh, on the uh, labels. It's like gears or parts or machine bits. It's arranged like uh, a kitchen, but he's it's a workshop. Uh, and so you've seen something like this before. Unchopped. Unchopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A culture. This was a very yeah. weird episode. Uh, so <laughs> actually. Kitchen. Uh, as you're walking around one of these shelves, uh, Tech spots you and goes, uh, oh, that's enough, and you see a hologram uh, dismiss. Do you want to see what that hologram was? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Uh, that sounds like Insight Command to me. Uh, well, it's it's only you don't have to make a roll unless it's a challenge of some kind. So no, it if sounds you want like them, him being challenged. If you want them to have seen it, then yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they can see it. So you recognize briefly that it was Dr. Redgrave in hologram form, but then dissipated. Uh, you see Tech, and he's got full uh, equipment all over his eyes and uh, different like gadgets and things like that as he's tinkering on something really close. Uh, he says, ah, Captain, ah, actually, uh, I would like to talk to Azuri a bit, if that could be okay. I put on... I grab a welding apron <laughs> and put it over as one would in a kitchen or equally a workshop. Mm -hmm. I've been working <sighs> on this uh, this chip from the Romulan. I'm trying to modify it, you know, trying to make it better and, and maybe save his life or something, but it's given me a lot of problems. Do you want to take a look at it? Yeah, let me at it. Let's take a look. Okay. Give me one of those goggles. Yeah. I haven't had these in ages. Oh, here. <laughs> All right. They still fit. <laughs> yeah. We're going to actually be a little bit of gearheads together. Yay. Okay. Very secret. Yeah. Very quiet. So Only in workshops. Only in holidays. So you're basically, you've got, do you, so just so I understand, do you have yeah. a replica of the chip? Do you have the actual chip? I don't have the actual chip. This okay. is all in the holodeck. It's my workshop. I'm mm -hmm. trying to make a, a blueprint. So this is work. literally like a virtual engineering yeah. like bay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, so with the full diagnostic scan that you have on the chip, you actually can bring it forth and, and give it like that sort of Tony Stark yeah, yeah, yeah. visual and display. It has so. been, like I've been tinkering with sure. this it's for been a, a while. couple months. Yeah. What would you what do you what would you like to accomplish here? Uh, I would like to replicate the um, the chemicals or whatever it was uh, exuding 
to be not harmful for anybody else, but still sustain him. Right now, what we have is, a, is what the doctor called a placebo. It's acting like it's doing something, but it's not actually saving mm -hmm. him. Right. I want to reverse engineer this thing to try to find a way to, to connect the dots. So... Um, I'll give you this because it's been two months and yeah. you guys have been chipping away at this. What yeah. you've what you've discovered is is this <laughs> chip alone mm -hmm. is there is an element missing or that was damaged when the chip was it doesn't look like it was damaged when it was removed, mm -hmm. but there is some it used some kind of power signature right. to keep it to keep it moving and to keep it uh, activated while it was biologically being essentially circulated through his brain. Right, right. Um I think I've I've gone through like all of the Romulan tech that I could find that might fit something like that, and then all of the tech that's available to me, like any sort of power match or something that could fit there. Um, so what I'll give you is this. What you have learned after two months of fiddling with this thing and trying to figure it out uh -huh. is you might be able to jury-rig something that could help, but until you can get your hands on Romulan schematics mm -hmm. or find out the true nature of how this chip was created... This is an impossible task. Right. Um, Talshiar tech, uh, specifically new Talshiar tech that's never been seen before, it's it's really shooting in the dark. Right, um, right. However, using Starfleet engineering techniques and what you know of the chip, you could probably manufacture something that might actually help what the doctor is attempting to do. <laughs> Far more than a placebo effect. Right. Um, if we want to go ahead and engage in that and make that your longstanding process, sure. then what we can do, and we talked about this before, but we can make this an extended task sure. that will probably be um, a, a big, long, extended task. Right. Um, however, uh, given that you are going to have Captain Sol just for a little bit of time, at least to kick this thing off, um, then you can make your first roll with the assist. Yes. And that's what we were really all right, so for. then let me give you let me give you the work track and everything on this thing. Okay. So the work track on this chip is twenty. Wee full bars. That is a twenty bar work track. I think we're easy than either. every spy organization would do. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the difficulty is three. Okay. Not unreasonable. And, and the resistance is three. Yikes. The highest. I shouldn't have said anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, the magnitude is five. Okay. So it is. Yeah. So that those those statistics of what you're up against is now giving you Xander yeah. the the true technical acumen that is going to have to go into to successfully replicate something that is going to be comparable to what this ship was doing. Copy that. I yeah. knew it was a big. Yeah, thing. It's, it's it's so it's it's a boss fight. Right. Let's yeah. make the first roll to to kick things off. Okay. Cool. It's more of an excuse to talk as well. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that works. All right. So. so um, is the discipline going to be control engineering? Mm -hmm. Okay, absolutely. And because of your skill sets, you can. Add, what skill set were you going to propose to use? Uh, well, Asley is a little bit of a gearhead, mm -hmm. so they can do control engineering assists. That said, they do also have clandestine skills. Yeah. So from purely the that perspective. Mm -hmm. There's that form of assist. I don't know what that looks like. In that would be security. That would be security for disciplines. Okay. Um, uh, what's the attribute on that? Insight? Because it's kind of... Uh, yeah, I would say actually insight right. security would be perfect. All right. I'll because assist. it's literally using your instinct and the, the lessons that you learned being an officer mm -hmm. as a security officer. Yeah. 
in intelligence. Okay. So I'm kind of doing red wire, blue wire kind of. (laughs) Romulus. Right. Uh, Actually, I would like to uh, spend a threat to gain a momentum. You got it. Savvy. And then spend that to gain an extra die so that I can use cautious engineering. Great. Excellent. Eric, well, not Rhett. Great idea. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's one. (laughs) No. Uh, Are we using ship's computers here, too? Because we are using ship's facility. Absolutely. Great. Uh, That feels like uh, computers engineering? Yes. Uh, That would be for for Ross. Yeah, computers engineering. Uh, Can I try to roll that? If someone would like to... XEO. I will roll that. Yeah, do that. Roll for Ross. That's a... 14 Ross. Roll for Ross. Another shirt idea. Roll for Ross. Ross. I like that. Ooh, I like that a lot. Uh, So I have uh, two successes... Or three successes. One, two of them from a crit. Three successes? Mm -hmm. Okay, you're definitely going to hit one on the work track. What do you get? Acid crits as well. Oh, shit. So that's five. So five successes, but Ross Ship didn't help. Ship is now bit off. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Ship is like, what the hell is so this? So we had a resistance of three. Mm-hmm. Can I use any of the momentum that we gained on this to be piercing? Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's spend Absolutely. one for piercing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that ignores the resistance, right? Yep. Yes. And we're down to four successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that seems right. Uh, if there's any way we could add one more. You could. Mm, uh, only with more momentum. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never mind. Because if we had five, it would be... You would get a breakthrough. Right, we'd get a breakthrough. But it's okay. So we've got four, so let's roll these four. Yes, yeah, for your challenge dice. All right, uh, roll the challenge dice. Just one. Do you have a way to... You can burn a momentum to re-roll those, can't you? Or is that only on damage? Yeah, no, you also can... Uh, and it was any blank ones. Yeah, yeah that's right. There's shit. three I would ones. burn a momentum to yeah, re-roll some yeah, of those blank yeah. ones. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Five on the work track. Five on the work track. Down to fifteen. Nice. Two and effects. two have effects. So, um, uh, so essentially, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the this increment of time, this attempt mm-hmm. is going to be a. Uh, this is going to pretty much occupy the next thirty minutes. Sure. Um, and uh, <laughs> this is just to start off, but the further attempts on this are going to be much longer and drawn out. But sure. like this initial attempt, we'll say it's a 30-minute increment because mm-hmm. y'all are working on this and having a conversation. So while so we now know the outcome of your engineering diagnostics and building here. Mm-hmm. But what happens during yeah. this whole delicate process of the two of you working on this? Azuri is very deferential to Tech. This is Tech's house and is very... Actually, like a sous chef. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see okay. that. So you, which makes sense, because you are leading the way here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Maybe if we reset the particle array just a little bit. Uh, we might need to remodulate. Uh, Romulan harmonics tend to run a little higher. Absolutely. Uh, Azalee, I'm, I'm not sure about this. What about our... Sure. All of this. You, you know me. I'm not Starfleet. Reiku was Starfleet. Reiku was the strapping nurse. He always... He, he was always fit. He always wanted to help people. I, I just... I wanted to make food and replicators. And I just happened to be good at it. I, How does that make you less Starfleet, Tech? I don't want... I don't want to fight. I didn't want to be in danger. Now I'm always in danger. And it's, it's always down to the last minute. It's one phaser fire away from me losing someone else or myself. 
and I didn't think it would be like this. How are you holding up with it? Honestly, I... It's a lot. I didn't... I didn't sign up for this, but I have to be here. Because... I have to. Is this talking yourself into something or talking yourself out of something? I promised him that I wouldn't just stay at home. That I would get out there and the easiest way to do it is Starfleet. And I already had connections and they felt bad for me and I was good at it and I don't know, I don't belong here. There's a whole engine room disagree with that. There's a whole engine room full of people that outrank me, that at the blink of an eye could tell me no, and there's nothing that I can do about it. I've seen you in that engine room. I've seen you take control of a room. Better than some captains, I know. Could give a lesson, give a seminar. But I don't know if that's me, Captain. I don't know who that person is. I think in machines, and I know that you do as well. But you've got the people thing, and sometimes I just see parts. I need to make these parts work so that I don't die. And that's not a very Starfleet mentality. There's no one way to be Starfleet. I just know it would be devastating for my family. And I thought... This would be relatively safe out of the way. Yeah, it was experimental tech, but Romulan spies? Are we... Is this war? Uh, this isn't war. This is a lot of things we're still figuring out. We don't have to jump right back to our worst nightmares. Ashley, they already happen. I can't help it. I'm gonna lean in. Need some weight on you, put on armor, have you? We're taking this day by day. I'm scared. It's alright to be scared. I'm scared. Plenty. We're only brave if we're scared first. Alright. You yeah. make the choice. Look. If this is too much, you know the strings can be pulled again. You choose to be here. You can make the choice. Always. I choose to be here, Captain. And our ship is better and safer for it, and all the families of those kids in engineering who outrank you, those families will sleep better at night because they're such a good chief of engineering, keeping their kids safe. Sleeping. Sleeping! The primary torsional sleep container! Well, why do we think of that? Oh, if it really... There needs to be reset. Same as the fork. It's the same principles. All right. We're going to take one more go at this, and then I probably have to get back to, you know, the four pips. Thank you, Captain. Don't be a stranger. For no other reason. We have a lot of work left to do on this. It's about 15 minutes later when entire senior staff assembles on the bridge because on the view screen as you all drop out of warp, the USS Ross enters into proximity of Narendra Station. 
The Ranger Station looks very similar to Earth Space Dock, if it were just cut in half. <laughs> it's literally about half the size. It's the top half. One of the uh, this is one of the more modern space uh, stations out here on the frontiers. Um, already, as the USS Ross comes out of warp on the view screen, you can see that beautiful ambient blue glow of Federation star bases that they give off against that sort of ash gray hull. And the large symbol of the United Federation of Planets can be seen clearly, even from this distance of about 20,000 kilometers away. Um, as you uh, see that up on the view screen, you also see um, our multiple ships that are currently docked or orbiting the station. You see the USS Thunderchild. The Akira class. Akira class, captained by Captain, and I'm not kidding because I don't care, Captain Victor Navarro. <laughs> And the USS Johnson, which is an Intrepid-class science vessel, captained by one Amelia Dalton. But what really draws your eye is the brand new Type 2 Didaridex-class warship <laughs> that appears to be at stations keeping about 100 kilometers away from the station. Look to Prawl. Prawl's eyes slowly look down at you. The Type 2 Daredex has been spoken about in uh, Intelligence. It has a sleeker design. It's not quite as bulky as the original Daredex class, meaning the scale is still the same size, but it's a lot more... The Romulans have taken a more uh, more narrow design. It's not quite as bulbous in the center. They hired an industrial <laughs> designer. How good for them. They streamlined their energy processing. Let's just say that the Dominion War made better warriors out of everyone. And the Dederix <laughs> class type 2 has is one of the most unknown starships that the Federation has not actually seen one up close yet. Oh. There are some very visible differences to this particular Type 2 Dideridex class that marks it as probably, much like the Ross, a variant of some kind. Maybe it too is experimental, hard to say. Mm -hmm. But the bridge section of itself does bear a striking resemblance to an angry raptor. The mm -hmm. way the head of this warship kind of angles down. It almost seems like it has a grinning beak. Um, and of course, it has a different color set to it too. The tonality of it is that signature Romulan green, but it's darker somehow and almost reflective. Almost as if it has sort of like a gauss-like covering over the top of it. So when this green dark mottled color kind of catches the light of a distant star, it almost refracts in that sort of like a like it goes through the spectrum of the colors of green mm -hmm. as it glances across the hull. Mm -hmm. um, like my nails. Yeah. Um, I was actually just thinking that. <laughs> Seriously. Mm -hmm. But no Klingon really vessels. You don't see a single Klingon vessel around Narendra right now. Um, hmm. But as you all jump out of warp, you hear Varin say, We're being hailed, Captain. On screen. Um, Chirp comes up, and uh, you see the face of Admiral April. Can you help me pronounce her correctly? Ebert. Ebert. So get this, Shield of Tomorrow fans. We've been mispronouncing it this whole all time. It's Hebert. <laughs> Hebert. So, Admiral April Hebert. Um, I'm assuming named after from the wonderful lady and co-worker from Star Trek The Experience that I worked with for years. It is now. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming that's what they named it after. 
Admiral Hebert is a woman that stands at about 5'7", you know from her personnel file. Um, Indian descent. Her hair is immaculately pulled back into Starfleet regulation fashion. And she has a very... Uh, for a woman that's uh, in her 50s, uh, it's very clear that she probably spent a lot of her youth laughing and not so much of her adult life laughing. <laughs> her eyes are very serious, but the lines on her face would, would be, betray that she was probably someone who used to enjoy herself a little bit more. This admiral who's sitting before you in her office stares at you rather blankly and just says, Captain, no you've arrived at last. How was your trip? Oh, smooth and uneventful. How do we find the station? That's going to be a face-to-face talk, Captain. Understood, Admiral. Anything we can do for you before we dock? Tell me you brought your ambassador. Ambassador Marginil? Admiral Hebert, uh, Hebert. We are very happy to see you. Um, that is both a good and alarming thing to hear. That's the appropriate attitude, Ambassador. Well, I'll see you when you arrive, Captain. I look forward to my inspection. Yes, we are preparing and we'll be there presently. 364 out. You see the Federation symbol come up. And Vren just goes, I cleaned my quarters, I'm ready. Tip top. Tip top. Is everyone listening to me right now? He looks back. <laughs> and says, I clean my quarters, Captain. I, I don't know. I'm senior staff. She might want to see to make sure that. Proud of you. Thank you, Captain. Gold star. <clears throat> He's very proud. Gold star. Quite. Everyone's quarters are quite cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like summer camp. <laughs> Initiating docking procedures. Excellent. Thank you. Um. And you hear Vryn say, 364, this is the USS Ross. You've got the ball. And you hear uh, 364 say, copy that, USS Ross. Welcome to Narendra Station. Enjoy the ride. And the Ross begins to slowly pull into a docking procedure as the Starbase activates its tractor beam and very gently starts to docking, initiate docking procedures. And you can't help but hear the obnoxious voice in the back of your head of that intruder in your quarters not so long ago. It's almost like he was quoting what he knew you were going to be hearing arriving at Narendra Station. Um, I suppose non-linear experiences of time are a hell of a drug. You hear a chirping sound, the computer beeps into acknowledgement, and Exio, you immediately, with your connection to the computer core, you get the green across the board you've docked with Narendra Station. Officially done, Captain. Confirmed, Captain. We were all ready. Clearly the first order of business is going to be a meeting with the Admiral. Thank you. Thank you. Use it in good mischief. <laughs> all right. Uh, would you like to accompany us to see the Admiral? With pleasure. She's beaming on board in Transporter Room 1. Perfect. So, senior staff is all going to be present. Um, everyone... I actually took over the transporter for Chief Oh, did you? Yep. Cool. <laughs> Sings this. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll not forget this. Oh, okay. And he leaves. He Was quickly... that in a good way or a bad way? <laughs> Telltale games. Yeah. Sing will remember that. <laughs> yeah. Vrain just says, it's an admiral. It's always a little stressful, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. That's why I'm doing it. You're good. You're good. Uh, you get the signal that she's ready to beam over. All right. 
And I'll engage. You energize and you see the blue pulses of the energy forming in the transporter pad. And a few moments later, materializing before all of you is Admiral April Eber and her assistant, who you've never seen before, a Vulcan in a red command uniform with the command pips on. Um, you, Olin, immediately feel shock and alarm coming from Prawl. Like an overwhelming, like like someone plugged Prawl into an electrical socket. Like he's experiencing full, complete shock and surprise right now. And it quickly becomes dread and then anger. It is going through a spectrum. Like he just spotted somebody he has not seen is kind of the impression you're getting. And for the first time, as you kind of glance over as you're feeling this, Prawl, who has a legendary poker face, has not kept it this time. He just, you see him go. And then he, he settles in for a second. Um, and it's, it's over in a moment. Um, stepping down off the transporter pad, the Admiral steps up and the yeoman at the side goes. Everyone stands at attention. And the Admiral just says, Eddie's. Welcome aboard. Captain Sol, I've been wanting to meet you. Pleasure is mine. May I escort you to the conference room? Please. This is your crew. You'll all be joining us as well, I take it? Yes. Senior staff of the USS Ross. Good to meet you all. I'm glad we're all together. I can finally tell you what a trash fire this station has become. I'm and sorry, what? She doesn't answer to that. She just walks, <laughs> uh, she follows the captain out. Um... As she follows the cap, she follows the captain out, and the Vulcan and your chief of security make eye contact. Um, Prawl quickly looks away and continues walking. From the Vulcan, you feel nothing. Of course. <laughs> and don't if, even try with Vulcans. Okay? If Prawl had a legendary poker face, this Vulcan does acknowledge Prawl. You see the head tilt and the one eyebrow raise. Which might indicate the Vulcan is surprised oh. to see Prawl as well. Um, and the two of them, everyone moves out of the room. Settling into the conference room behind the bridge, um, everyone settles down in front of the table. Um, the conference room now has an incredible view. You basically get the outer hull of Starbase 364. So right outside, of course, you see the hull of the Ross but then that great sloping mountain of Starbase and all the worker bees that are flying around maintenancing the outer hull and uh, merchant ships and civilian ships entering and exiting warp uh, thousands of kilometers away. It is a busy day at Naringer Station. Um, Admiral kind of looks out the window just to acknowledge it and then goes and sits down at the head of the table. Um, everyone else flanks you and sits down in their appropriate spots. Um, that feeling you're getting from Prawl Going away. It's not going away. Um, he's fuming now. Oh. But you're also sensing some confusion. He is a maelstrom of emotion. <laughs> but if you were to look across from him at the table, he's just... <clears throat> the consummate professional. Keeping himself together. Good. And Hebert <laughs> just says, I'll go ahead and begin, and then we can talk about the Ross, because I am very interested in seeing this vessel. I've only seen her in photos, 
I want to know what she looks like from the inside out. I've heard that there is a promenade deck. Is that true? There is the Better for Diplomacy. And indeed, two warp cores. Ooh. I heard about the dual warp cores. <laughs> Starfleet's tried to do that a few times, and then after a while they just started asking themselves why. But it apparently, with the USS Ross, they found a reason. Why not? That is the mantra of the engineer. Eight? Would you say that's accurate, Chief? I would say so. It's disturbing to come from a doctor, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> Captain, I assume that everyone here is security clearance levels to discuss your passenger that you took on from Earth? Absolutely, yes. Excellent. I reviewed the personnel files, but it has been two months. I want to make sure we're still on the level. Yes, everyone here is read in. While we are at Narendra Station, I'm going to request that our friend and stowaway remain on board the vessel, at least for now. I would like nothing better. How have things been with him? I look to Prawl to make that report. Prawl Stephens says, We had a little trouble at first, Ambassador, but he's actually settled into life quite well and has been keeping up a daily routine. And to his credit, has actually gone out of the way to make sure that we are aware of all of his activities. He seems to be eager for us to trust him. Dangerous words. Would you agree? Normally, Admiral, yes, I would agree, but Prawl has, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Wellex has been giving me the impression that he is aware of his situation and wants to play nice, Admiral. Very well. The station has become a hotbed of activity, <clears throat> and you are arriving hours after some of our newest guests have arrived. Look over to the Dideradex and back. Just outside the window, you can just catch the edge of the side nacelle of the Dideradex class from where the Ross is positioned. Um, she says, yes. The RRW Imperious. Huh. Does seem a bit Imperious from here, yes. We don't know what the capabilities of that warship is. At least I haven't been told by Starfleet, but it doesn't matter. They're here on a diplomatic mission. It's the first time I've ever encountered a Romulan warbird that decloaked without its weapons armed or its shields up. Pretty bold move. May we all know such peaceful interactions with Romulan warbirds. Well, Ambassador, the Romulan Ambassador Pogino has decided to make himself at home at Narendra Station. Pugino apparently is here by order of the Romulan Senate. This would be the first news we've received that the Romulans have reformed their Senate. To give everyone a bit of an update on the situation, the Romulans put in a formal request over two months ago to have an embassy on Narendra Station. The Klingons hotly contested that. I recall the position was not favorable either. It wasn't, because I knew that this was going to cause problems. For anybody who needs to know a little bit of a history lesson, Narendra Station is named after the colony of Narendra III. And if that doesn't ring a bell, that is one of the more monumentous moments in our alliance with the Klingons. The USS Enterprise C was destroyed defending that colony from four Romulan warbirds. 
the Romulans decided to renege on their treaty with the Klingons and ambushed the colony, slaughtering thousands upon thousands. We lost a lot of good officers that day. Narendra Station is a cooperative station built to celebrate their sacrifice and our partnership with the Klingons. It is nicknamed Narendra Station because it is to honor those who were lost at Narendra 3. As you might guess, General Cargan takes it as a personal offense that a Romulan even steps foot on the station and has been making that well known. Ambassador, our first task, you and me, is getting Cargan to unclench. But it comes at some cost. This Romulan showed up without any prior warning. The As Romulans the are wont to do. The Romulans were told that their request to have an, imba- an embassy on Narendra Station was pending. By and whom? Starfleet. Starfleet understood that Romulans wanted an embassy here, and Starfleet believed that this was an opportunity to carry on the goodwill that we established fighting side by side during <clears> the <throat> Dominion War. I agree. But this was going to be a tricky line to walk from the beginning. So Starfleet requested time. A lot of time. We had not given them the go-ahead. It would appear the Romulans' philosophy is they would prefer to apologize than to not do it at all. Ask for forgiveness, not permission. That's the saying. Do you believe this is a deliberate undermining of the Klingon Federation alliance here at Narendra? It's not comfortable to have such strong accord in the Romulan backyard. Seeing into Dideric's class this far out of Romulan space on our side of the neutral zone is alarming, to say the least. We are aware that on occasion, Romulans are capable of slipping through our detection nets but they don't make it too far into federation space with the exception of perhaps maybe transports and sneaking through in that that regard but ultimately captain this side of the beta quadrant doesn't have the security that we have back home the romulan neutral zone is very dangerous out here however that they're extending goodwill is very encouraging. To answer your question, I believe that it's entirely possible that the actions of this Romulan might actually be in defiance of something that's happening in the Romulan Star Empire. We've heard a lot of reports that there is... Discord? Division. I don't believe we've reached the stages of Discord just yet, but we can certainly find out if we have an ambassador on our station. I'm advocating that the ambassador be allowed to build an embassy. Well, to take over the embassy that's available to him. Cargan stands in the way. The Klingons control over 50% of Narendra Station, and because it is a cooperative station, they have a say. In other words, I'm station commander, and so is Cargan. The two of us have to reach an agreement. He spat something in Klingon, then he literally spat... And made some mention that he would rather see his blade in the neck of a Romulan before they let one step on board Narendra. 
I expected a volatile response, but not one from people who used to be his allies. Cargan is a bit of... Cargan is a man of his time. We'll put it that way. We need to find a little more vision in the Klingon ranks if we're going to see this happen. Do you have a potential candidate? No. Lovely. We're just going to have to do what we can. I'd love a dossier on Cargan if you have one. Yes, we can make that available. Our first encounter with him was actually through an officer exchange program that the Enterprise-D conducted it's about, oh, nine years ago. Back when he was still a captain of a warbird. His dossier is a little misleading, Ambassador, just so you know. When you read up on Cargan, he's going to come off like an absolute pig-headed buffoon. But he made general for a reason. And while he can be a significant pain in my ass... The truth of the matter is, he is an effective leader. If we can win him, the Klingons on the station will fall in line. Have they been hassling the Romulan since the ambassador made himself at home at the station? Well, the ambassador hasn't been allowed on the station yet. In fact, he's still in station keeping, awaiting my word. We are in a very delicate situation right now. It's going to start becoming awkward in 24 hours. We have about that long before the Romulans are going to start getting offended. Well, I live quite comfortably in Awkward. So I think I will do my best to help you. Good. Your first assignment is you will be beaming over to the Romulan vessel and discussing things personally with the ambassador. Report back to me, and then you and I can decide how we're going to approach Cargan. Understood. I would like to go with them. Admiral, you hear Prawl speak up. Um, it would uh, be appropriate, Admiral, if the Ambassador had a security escort. I think we can all agree. Admiral Hebert just kind of considers that for a moment and says, What are your thoughts on that, Ambassador? I think I would feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that there is at least one person with my back. And also, I believe Paul to be not only capable, but discreet. Very well, Lieutenant Commander. You will accompany the Ambassador. But you will not go armed. Understood? Understood, Admiral. Captain, if I may... Uh, we have a couple of scans left over from uh, the agent that we've been working with, uh, and we might be able to uh, program a tricorder to detect any chip uh, for the Romulans that we come across. It might be a safety measure that we could take, but it also might be seen as a, an act of aggression. Mm-hmm. And unless you can promise me that a scan can be conducted without being detected by Romulan technology, the answer is no. Until... We have a more subtle scan. I think we'll know a chip by the presence or absence of our ambassador's telepathic capacity, no? It's also worth pointing out that if this ambassador truly is serving the will of the Senate, it might be somebody who is working against the interests of Commander Sela. And if that is the case, we might have more avenues to explore in helping our defector. And a potential avenue to Cargan as well. I believe that uh, anyone who stands against someone like Sela would be 
someone that Cargan would definitely want in his back pocket. You would think so. The one place where Cargan fails is like many Klingons. <clears throat> Logic. He sees he sees a Romulan. Doesn't matter which Romulan he's looking at. May I make a suggestion going off of what Tech just suggested? Um for the scan for the chip, I honestly don't think it would be needed on the Romulan ship. But what about this station? How many humans and Vulcans reside on on the Starbase? Because if our spy broke into Starfleet security on Earth, it would be fairly easy to infiltrate the Starbase under disguise as well. You're one step ahead of us on that regard, Doctor, but don't worry. Starfleet Command, after what happened on Earth two months ago, all starbases have been put on alert. And that alert has not been rescinded. But there's only so much you can do. And unfortunately, Narendra Station is not in a position where we can just start blanket sensor sweeping our entire populace. Normally, yes. But with the tensions the way they are right now, the Klingons might not take too kindly to it. Would a, retu- uh, a routine physical be too forward? You would have to coordinate with the doctor at Narendra Station, the chief medical officer. Hmm. And that's going to be tricky. Her name is Nari, and she is a Klingon. That's fine. Actually, doctor, I might be able to help you out a little bit if you need some backup. It was just an idea. What you said made very good sense to me, especially on the station where this security is not as high as it would be at Starfleet. Naturally. Formulate a plan. Present it to your captain. And if it's valid, they'll present it to me. We can make a determination. Wonderful. Exio? Yes. I just want to take a moment to say it's a pleasure to meet you. Oh, thank you. I've been a huge advocate for the Command uh, Hologram program for years now, and I'm a big fan of Professor Redgrave's work. It's, I will let her know. It is a true honor to meet you. Well, I'm interested in seeing the rest of Narendra Station, and <coughs> before that, I want to see the inside of this ship. Shall I give you the full tour? Start with the promenade. That's the one I really want to see. Yes, ma'am. She stands up. Um, and Prawl is the first to turn on heel and begin leaving the room. Um, as everyone files out an order. Um, as everyone is approaching the turbolifts and going back to their duties, having been dismissed to prepare for deboarding onto Narendra Station, um, gently a hand touches your arm as Prawl leans in and says, Commander, I'm sorry. Um, uh, may I make an appointment with you? Yes, of course. When would you like to schedule it? Uh, whenever you're available here, nearest availability. Are you alright? You're sweating. Yeah, I'm fine. Would you like to do it now? Are you free now? Well, I imagine the tour will take quite a while, and I can always make room for emergencies. I am technically off duty at the moment. I just wanted to accompany he pulls up the data pad and says, Uh, yeah, actually, I do have about 20 minutes. Wonderful. Shall we go? Yeah. He, without 
watching for your cue, starts walking towards the other turbo lift on the other side oh, <laughs> and right. moves away. <laughs> yeah. Turn um, around. Uh, every now and then. Um, so, all right. Um, you begin to conduct the uh, the tour. Lacat, it becomes very clear as this tour is being conducted and as your captain is following the ambassador around. Oh, am I on this tour too? Uh, senior staff is expected to attend with oh, the with right. the captain, and yeah. as a re- as a result, Vren is just deathly bored. Like he's just <laughs> he's following you around, just going. And every time the admiral even angles herself in his his, <laughs> and then when she turns back, he's like, "That's all I need." <laughs> you receive an an emergency. Uh, uh, um, um. A quick message from me, um, emergency council session with senior staff member. Escape while you can. That's the very <laughs> quiet <laughs> response. Yeah. You... And then I continue giving a tour to the Admiral. And this... honestly, <laughs> it's not so bad to show her off. Probably, of course. Probably, <laughs> shit. Ryan cleaned his room. <laughs> yeah, if you'll come this way, we'll show you, we'll show you the pride and joy of the yeah. USS Ross. When we move <laughs> past the boys' room, the deck that has crew quarters, I just cut my eyes to friend for a moment. <laughs> he looks a little disappointed. He's just kind of like, sure, okay. Um, uh, to, to give everyone else a blanket mm-hmm. statement here as to what the next. 40 minutes of your life is like. Oh god. You're getting you're getting a good glimpse at why Starfleet officers hate attending admirals on inspections of vessels. Traditionally, there are a lot of admirals that don't like it either. But Ross being a unique bird, she wants the full rundown. She wants to see the mag boards and the Jeffries tubes. She wants to see Whee! all My of them. Yeah, she wants I to see all of it. Um the doors to the counseling quarters yes. open, and uh, Prawl steps in right step. behind you and says, "Um, he he steps first. He steps in first. Um, okay. And then I, um, as I step through the doors, my uniform turns blue the moment I step mm. through the quarters. Goes into the medical blues. So yes. Um, he turns the next around. Next twenty minutes, I'm your counselor, not your exo. You can speak freely. <sighs> Have a seat." You're good at this. He sits down. He's like, that That was actually the first thing I was going to ask about. And he slides into the seat and straightens his uniform. You can see he's... It's... He, it, speaks to, it speaks well of him that he wanted to take a counseling session immediately. Yes. Um, when he could. But clearly from his posture and the way he's situating himself, you can tell this is somebody who's going to have to get used to talking about his feelings. He's just kind of like... Settles into the chair for a second and just says, I'm sorry, uh, no, no, sorry. Is this your first counseling session? No, um, I had to go through quite a few after, uh, my unit was pulled out from the front line of the Dominion War. Understood. Um, but I've never had, we're past this now, I've never had an exo that was also the counselor. You are so unique and... The blue uniform totally puts me at ease, but like, I, I think I was working on a script in my head sure. when we came through the door, and then you changed, and it kind of answered the question, and now I, I don't know where to start. Well, then I suppose we can just skip forward to the part that you needed to talk to me about. Would you mind if I get a little more comfortable? Oh, please, yeah, that'd be great. Right, and um, sort of a table with a bunch of pillows becomes apparent, and okay. she, she goes and sits cross-legged. 
Um, he, he watches you and just goes. <sighs> um, I've never been a fan of chairs with backs. I, I like to spread out. You know, I, actually, I think if it's all right, can I join you? Sure. And he gets up and he sits down and he's like, "Yeah, we didn't have. <laughs> I spent uh, I spent four and a half months not having a chair." Do you have a preference? I've been keeping a track of them. Um, Macrell has a very specific kind of chair that she likes. Oh, that's very kind. No, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think I have a preference. Okay. Um. So the sweating. Uh, yeah. Just train of thought. Whatever comes into your mind. Okay. Sure. The Vulcan, his name is Cybek. Okay. Uh, Commander, um, the... Uh, I guess I guess it's her XO, I don't know. Possible. I take it you know them? Um... Yes and no. <sighs> My previous host, Myrick, was an architect. Um, Cyvik was my lover. And he... chose to return to Vulcan and start a family. Before or after? It was what brought the relationship to an end. We were together for... No, I can't, I can't talk like that. Myrick, he and Cyvik were together for... Um, it must have been... <laughs> about 12 years. He wasn't a commander back then. Reassociation's really not uh, easy for Trill. Um, thankfully, I'm not doing that. Um, I, but, um... Man, Myrick was so into emotionally distant men. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. <laughs> And of course, what you suspect would happen, happened. I mean, Vulcans all have arranged marriages. That he knew what he was getting into. He knew what he was getting into. But that's not... But Exio, the, the pain? Because Cyvik just had this understanding that the two of them were going to eventually part ways. It was brutal. It was like Cyvik just dropped him and, and uh, seeing him on the transporter pad just memories that were not mine just flooding in and like I wanted to deck this son of a bitch across the face the moment I saw him but that's because Myrick's memories are going through the filter of my emotion and as a result I'm I, I was not ready for how pissed off I was going to be seeing him. I did not know he was stationed on Narendra Station. You're feeling protective. He really hurt Myrick.
really, really hurt him. Badly. Myrick stopped building. He stopped designing. He lied to himself that whole time they were together. Myrick or... Myrick did. Myrick did. My, Myrick, Myrick really... He kept saying, oh, I know this is going to come to an end. So... A 12-year relationship where both parties knew that eventually they would part ways. Is it possible that you are angry at yourself? Yeah, it's possible. I, uh, I don't want to invoke any sort of special circumstances. Coming across a significant other of a previous host is always kind of tricky for Trill. Um, I will do my job no matter what, but I needed to find a channel because I've never actually encountered someone from a previous host before. And I imagine that's a very strange feeling to experience. It's a lot. It's far away. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. I really thought coming to Narendra was getting away from everything. <laughs> uh... Uh, did not know it was running into the arms of pure stupid. <laughs> and I'm a little angry because uh, Myrick was an idiot and he allowed himself to fall in love with somebody he knew who was going to hurt him. Well, I, I know this is our session and you are free to say anything you would like, but I will say I would like to discourage you talking about yourself or others in that way. You are not an idiot for loving someone. And 12 years is more than most people get to be loved. Just because it ended doesn't mean it didn't mean a lot to both of you. And it's okay that it ended. And yes, maybe they were a jerk. <laughs> but you loved. And that's okay to be angry. Okay. Would you like some time off? Or are you okay? No, I'm fine. Um, I'm fine. I. It can be arranged. No, I, I appreciate that. I do. I, I do appreciate that. I think, um... I trust I'll do my job. I mean, I wanted to talk to you, so... I have no doubt you are capable of doing your job, but I want to make sure... That in addition to your job, your mental state is also being taken care of. They go hand in hand, and I also know that you are capable of segmenting the two. But I don't encourage it, if it's not necessary. If you need time to process the difference between your emotions and my Rex, please take it. I, uh, I, I don't want to take it. I want to... I, I really need to... I can't have... My... I, I can't have Myrix interfering with Yeri. I need to do my job. This is my time. He needs to sit down and shut up. I just... I think... Honestly... Counselor, I, yes. I just feel like... I wasn't prepared, and I think, if it's alright with you, I'd like to schedule regular sessions until this assignment comes to an end. I think that that would be absolutely within my ability to do so. Great. 
I, uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. I need to go read up on my Romulan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe we both do. <laughs> it's okay that I call you counselor in here? Yes. Yes, or Exio is fine. Exio. Yeri is fine as well in here. Yeah, thank you for the permission. All right. I'm going to pull the chairs out of my quarters. <laughs> he stands up and says, thank you again, counselor. And he kind of rolls his shoulders for a second and then walks out of the room. <laughs> the door's closed behind you. Or behind him, rather. My goodness. The feelings of seeing an ex. An ex that's someone else's ex, but your ex. <laughs> it's like the ultimate best friend syndrome. Um, I feel <laughs> Empathic <laughs> feelings, aren't they fun? <laughs> yeah. And then, well, um, the counseling session's done, so back through the door and Red comes back. <laughs> so we will do a quick flash forward for about, like, uh, towards the end of the inspection, unless you had something? No! <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thank you! Um, Release me from this hell! <laughs> basically, Narendra gives the all clear. The biofilters have been run through their work, so everybody is cleared to debark onto Narendra Station. Mm-hmm. And the crew begins to filter on board as everyone is actually exiting and beaming over onto Narendra. Um, beaming- would- What's that? I do need it to be specified. Just the sheer amount of unholy hell I have asked Prawl to communicate specifically to the security staff in charge of supervising Wellix because, dear stars, if I ever have to hear the words 30 minutes again, <laughs> I will discover how to keelhaul someone on a starship. Okay. So, um... So yes, Wellix is being well looked after. <laughs> the order here. is given. I have nothing else. Everything's everything else is good. Okay. Narendra Station for our players is a very familiar place. For our characters, it is quite new and quite Ooh. quite expansive and lovely. Um, you all, when you exit the transporter room, the very expansive transporter room, capable of beaming over uh, up to fifteen people at any one time. Um, Stepping out into Narendra Station, the first thing you encounter is the traffic. This place is busy. Lots of personnel walking by, shuffling about, um, doing you know, going about their duties. You see, um, one of the things that Narendra has is um, installed. Being that we're now slightly more advanced into the technology. Narendra Station has taken advantage of hollow technology. So all around here you see hollow maps directing people to where they want to go, along with holographic interfaces for people who need help finding something. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's very Citadel-like. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's holographic interfaces. It will activate and ask you if you need your help finding your way. Um, they're, these are very early. They're not quite as advanced as, say, Star Trek Picard. Mm-hmm. So these are not so much personality mm-hmm. in a lot of them, and all of the holograms look the same. Um, they all sort of resemble, um, no, no, they don't resemble, that'd be, uh, I'm respecting you. 
Um, no, they they actually all resemble uh, the Mark II EMHs. Ah. So um, it, it, they are they are what in. It means they're all Andy, Andy Dick. Dick. Oh boy. <laughs> Great. So yeah. they're all following a standard holographic template of Love that it. particular person right now. Cool. Great. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. So like clean Andy cut Dick young Andy, Andy Dick. But, <laughs> but not actually Andy, Andy Dick, so you guys can not right. clench. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can always, in LA, you can always tell who's met Andy Dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, but uh, but uh, as a quick sidebar, hell of a job on Voyager. He played an, oh, ex- yeah? he played an excellent doctor. He did. Um, Okay, so um, the traffic moving through here is also pretty interesting because on top of a lot of mixed races and species that you see coming through here, there are a lot of Klingons. A lot of them. Not all of them are in warrior's armor either, but it, but it, half the population of this, actually more, it's more closer to like 52% of the population of the station is Klingon. Don't worry, I packed the, the climbing gear on patients. Um, as a result, oh. the atmosphere... <laughs> As a result, <laughs> someone feels called out. As a result, <clears throat> the atmosphere in Narendra Station is not your typical atmosphere that you would find a norm- on board a normal starbase. It's a little bit warmer in here, which mm. to the Cardassian, you're like, hey, that's all right. Great, great. <laughs> it's a I little bit warmer. I lose my scarf and I lose my mittens. <laughs> it's also a little bit darker in here than it normally is. So think of this oh. very in keeping with sort of DS9. Sure. Okay, yeah. The ambience is very much the same. It's like a, like 75 degrees... It's a little bit on the warmer side, 75 degrees. So it's nice and comfortable um, and a little bit darker. Um, lots of walls of windows. And the promenade area is expansive. Um, and expansive in that it also hanging from the ceiling, the rafters, as it were, of this expansive open area where a lot of socializing takes place. Um, you see entertainment areas. Of course, there's a bar in the dead center um, where there's a Saurian serving drinks. And overhead, you see the banners of the Klingon Federation um, tied up to the ceiling. These banners are probably about 80 meters long and drifting from one end to the next in this beautiful, elegant sort of, you know, like billow as they tie up into the station, um, signifying the friendship. In between them um, is a holographic date that signifies the signing of the Kittermer Accord the first time. (laughs) (laughs) that was just Uh, like they were just taking a break there's also there's uh there's also a bunch of holographic references and like you know how there's sort of a wall of history on ships and whatnot here there is a remembrance a a memorial to narendra Mm three and to the crew of the uss enterprise and you actually see a hologram of the enterprise c um and her captain and her first officer and everybody um lining up Mm-hmm. Um, not, not the crew as it was remembered, or as it actually was, but as the crew as it was remembered. Mm-hmm. There's no Tasha Yar in the remembrance. Uh, <laughs> um, where's the best view of the Diverdacks? Oh, oh, that is that is stepping off Where and into the main here? area. The first thing that happens right. too is you get a couple of glimpses, uh, like glances your way, Lacat. Um, it doesn't look like people are shocked to see a Cardassian. It looks like people are shocked to see a Cardassian wearing a Starfleet uniform. Mm-hmm. So you're not getting disapproving looks, not even from the Klingons. But you do get some double takes as people walk past you. Um, it's not as many as you might think. It looks like everyone's pretty busy doing their own thing. But as you're shuffling through to get a good glimpse of the Derdex, you do catch a couple of glimpses. She's and, smiling. Um, as you round the bend and enter into the main, this expansive area, which is sort of the common area, the promenade area, um, you're hearing the echoing announcements overhead, 
sh announcing shuttle departures and whatnot. And on the other side of this great window, the viewport of this side of Narendra Station, you see looking out into that gorgeous black curtain of space, speckled with stars, is that sort of ambient, deep, sinister emerald green to Derridex. You're actually able to get a good look at it. From, not from, from outside the view screen and seeing it with your own eyes, mm -hmm. you are suddenly appreciating how huge these ships are. This is one scale larger than the USS Ross. Mm -hmm. The Daredex is a massive, yes, Jody, massive <laughs> warship. Um, even though this one looks like it's streamlined a little bit, she looks terrifyingly large and powerful. And you can already see the multiple disruptor banks and plasmoid launchers on the front of this thing lining the top of it. This ship was designed probably to fight the Dominion when it was designed. Um, it may have come off the line a little too late because no one has any record of these showing up in the war, mm -hmm. but here it is. Um, Doesn't have two warp cars though, I bet. It powers itself using a artificial black hole. Oh my god. <laughs> so much cooler. I'm so cool. <laughs> Welcome to the Romulans. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not joking. Um, it uses an artificial singularity core. And that's, I wasn't going to tell her. I, to this day, there's engineers in the Federation that think that that's absolutely suicidal, but here we are. No, that's so Welcome cool. to the Romulans. Yeah. <laughs> they know something about it. Uh, um, so metal. Yeah. <laughs> more powerful, less stable kind of trade-offs. They know they something we don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Um, it's a good thing we weren't neighbors, otherwise we might get jealous. <laughs> Us Cardassians and the Romulans, you know? Oh, that's true. Yeah, y'all yeah. are not neighbors. We are not neighbors, <laughs> nope, and it's no, a good thing, because, because again, we <laughs> would have gotten jealous. Right. We are not quite yet. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. We have break in a few minutes. Before we cut to break, I'd like to know what everyone is doing on the ranger station as they disembark. You've got some downtime. I wouldn't call it shore leave because I don't want to cause anxiety spikes. <laughs> but uh, you've hi. got some downtime. I actually am sending a uh, subspace message to my parents before. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's probably encoded and sent off through Star, Star, uh, Starfleet subspace relay. Mm -hmm. um, it basically consists of, holy shit, I'm here. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I, okay. Oh, God. And that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, <laughs> what are you doing, out of curiosity? I uh, have gone onto the starbase as well. I'm not uh, with Lacat, but I'm close enough to keep an eye. Okay, so you're in mingling I'm with the crowd. Being slightly protective. Are you? Okay. Are you trying to out sneak a Cardassian? <laughs> I am a cat. <laughs> I am a log cat. I can walk very silent. It's one of my talents. Tiptoe. You know the bigger dog that picks up the little dog. Oh yeah, that's true. Macrack. Yeah. This is the cat edition. Yes. Get used. To I'm not. I, you can see me. I'm like hello, <laughs> hello. It's okay. She's. Uh, I'm not like. Uh, I'm just like. I'm just you know. Just making. Uh, she holds up her cultural like checklist. She's like, I'm I'm reading it. <laughs> I'm no, I'm not no. And and I I don't know. I'm not saying this out loud, but I'm on, I'm honestly not worried about the cat. Well, I'm a little worried about the cat. I'm I'm more just being being a a person that was uh on the front lines of the Dominion War as a medic, know the hostility between the two races yeah. and uh and have having treat 
treated a few Cardassians as well and, and saved a few Cardassian lives. I, I'm, I'm kind of protective. A Aww. little bit of you. I don't, um, I don't want to see you hurt. I don't know how the cat feels about you yet. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> you, I didn't say uh, this out loud. Uh, this is all uh, This is all just, well I'm saying right it with my eyes. Well, on the ship. Well, on the ship. Where he stays. Where he stays. Great. He's or yeah, threats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just see Wellix walk by. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, Wellix has been. He is not. He has not been given permission to disembark. Okay, so I think Jane has planted her. Here's what Jane's doing. She's planted herself in a nice, comfy spot where she can, like, just admire the Styrodax. Okay. Um, but she's also got like one of her ensigns on comms back on the ship, just being like, "Hey, just like do a loop around like Doctor Wellix's like office every now and then." I just. You know, just got a feeling. Also, check in on Orwell. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, don't let him bite you. And then, if Ren happens to come by, she's gonna ask him about that Tasper egg. Okay. But she's not moving. This is where she's planted. Um, as you're situated there, um, you're kind of going through. You hear the ensigns going, "Yeah, uh, 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 yeah, yes, Lieutenant." Um, there's a lot of security surrounding Doctor Wellix's quarters. Are you sure that? That's that's correct. That's a good sign, actually. Uh, let me give just, you a name. Great, yeah, give me Let a me name. Give you a name. Yay. Let's pull up the ox crew, this sup crew. Ox crew, ox crew. Sup crew. Um, Who am I talking to? You are talking to. Uh, ooh. You are talking to. Maris. Ooh, I like Maris. Maris is a xenobiologist focusing on, and then the document ends. But as an incantation. Incantation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was oh, about to hi. say. Maris. I, I read the discords. Right on. Um, Maris, Maris just says, yes. uh, of course, Lieutenant. Um, uh, there's a lot of security. Uh, yeah, that's that's perfect. That's okay. perfect, Maris. Uh, I, I can watch the security and let you know, because if the security spots something, then I can spot them spotting something and then tell them. Have you ever been a sneaky person. I would say uh, that in in my lifetime with with some with some s measure of scientific confidence that the answer no. <laughs> so here's a hot tip. Usually when someone sees you staring at them, they can tell that's not a very sneaky thing to do. So I would recommend just taking a lap. Do a round if you need to count in your head. A gentle hand do. comes and rests on your shoulder. Oh, who's gentle with me? Who's touching me? <laughs> and as you glance up, you see the warm face of Solon, oh. who leans down and says, since you're giving advice about being sneaky, you should know your voice is carrying the telecast. Great. Yes, I can hear it. I'm way over here. <laughs> Fine, everyone, they're back on our ship. It's, I, it's, it's good great. hearing, but I didn't even have to listen. Was, um, you echo, echo. Someone uh, smiles at you, and, and you, there's, a, there's a chuckle in his throat and says, can I get you anything to drink? I actually know the bartender. My usual. Your usual. Which is water. You should explain. <laughs> You're on the ranger station. You should explore, branch out, try something new. Let me pick something for you. <laughs> I Jane promise, doesn't drink. I does promise she? you'll like it. Does not have to be an 18. Jane drinks today. Oh god. Okay. Um. Why is it? Uh, uh, doesn't have to be honestly. My it's uh, alcohol. You usual, won't get drunk. You'll be fine. Right. Perfect. Uh, that's that's exactly what I was talking about. I'm talking about some. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes, one of those for me, please. I promise. You think. <laughs> Great. He comes back a few minutes later and he sets down a large glass. 
Um, it looks like it's being served in a flute, but it's got bubbles. Oh no. He sets oh, no. it down and he says, Oh no. This. Oh, wait a minute. That's what I was saying with drinks under understation. I know. Oh, I know. What? Oh, no. What is happening? Oh, nothing. Oh, no. You get fine. Drink it. Look, wait, we're going to have a sleepover. Like, like, well, a cat it. doesn't know. A cat has no idea. Oh, Scotty doesn't know. Scotty doesn't Hey, y'all. How much do I trust Solon to just give me a drink? You trust Solon. That's a 20. I trust Solon. Solon says, it's a station specialty called a Marin. And he sets it down and he's like, Oh, she shoots it. I think you'll like it. Oh, Ooh. she she shoots it. But you might want to. Yeah. Oh. No, I just rolled a 20. I'm <laughs> shooting back. Okay, so they, they lean back as you as you throw this back and they just they go, Oh. Didn't you do the same Once thing? Was it about to happen? Yes, I did. And I start walking over with a med kit. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. It's synth the hall. However. However. <laughs> however. The ingredients of this particular synthetic drink does tend to get people um, loopy. Drunk but it's not the pole. same as intoxication. It only lasts a little while. The original Long alcoholic enough. version would have messed you up, but you'll be fine. <laughs> they've, they've corrected it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've made a horrible that's, mistake. That's the reason it's now called the Moran. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've shortened, shortened it. it. <laughs> uh, how loopy is loopy, and how, like... Like, like on a scale of one to drunk, where am I? How much truth am I going to? Okay, be Loopy, here, like so. a Six Flags coaster. Go. Okay, I actually am scared of a roller coaster. Yeah, so as you should that. be. <laughs> so I would say on a drunk, uh, yeah. on a on drunk scale. Yeah. Um, if if one is you're starting to feel it, and five is you are, don't cry for me. I'm already dead. Okay. Um, I would say <laughs> it's about a one or between one or two. Okay, so very very low. It's it's literally just like a natural kind of like ah. Oh, the cat's actually genuinely like talkative now. Okay, great. She's mm. gonna go make a friend with the Klingon. Let's go. Solon watches oh, you get up and okay. says, "I'm glad to see you engaging." And uh, Solon slides. Oh. Shakes. You know what? Um, doesn't shake your hand, but clasps your forearm and like shakes it. <laughs> um, they take the hand and smile. You see this kind of like sly grin come across Solon's face, and Solon that wasn't says, "That's bad." Thank you. Uh, that's new. I like that. That yeah. feels that feels good. Right. Cardassians don't really shake hands. It's kind of like kissing, which is way too personal. I so, heard about this. You know. Good to know. Thank you. Yeah. That is definitely yeah. not in my cultural index file, uh, which I now have to read. <laughs> so you, you know what? You can kind of skip the first ten points. Paul is very thorough, almost too thorough. If I'm completely. I'm gonna get him honest. a Marin when he gets on board the station. Please do that. He seemed a little off, didn't he? He like twitched, and that honestly, I was twitched when, 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 when you were back in the in the in the in the place. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. I, I'm sure he did. Yeah, I mean, do you know Prol? <laughs> I do, but I wasn't there, so I don't know what you're no, talking no, no, about. No, 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 no. Prol twitched. Do you do you see? Do you see why that sentence should call you cause you alarm? If Prawl's twitching, he must be angry about something. Or scared. Like or, dill the pickle. Or Not dill the pickle, scared. dill the cucumber. Oh angry or scared. No, 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 no. You see, Axio said that just be, when 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 I was looking at the... Oh <laughs> why do I let them off wow. of my ship? You know what I like about <laughs> you, Disaster. Solon leans back and he says... They, they lean back in their chair and Solon just goes, one of the things that I love about you is that I always feel like I'm an empath when I'm around you. 
Because I literally know what it's like to get somebody's train of thought. Yeah. I've always wondered what it would be like to be a telepath, and you helped me feel that, and I appreciate it. Do you feel the anger, too? Are you angry? I'm no. always angry. I didn't know that. That's what are you angry about? I don't know. Is there everything? anything I can do? I don't know. No. Whoa, this is... Uh, what did you feed me? What? <laughs> I handed you a drink that you fed yes, yourself. Yes, Well, you know, I'm really bad at stepping down from a challenge. Okay, I'll keep that That's, in mind. Yes, yes, it's the truth. I also rolled a 20. Yeah. And <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, it just, I just, I just... Is that why you were about to go introduce yourself to a Klingon? Are you trying to pick a fight? Not pick a fight, just make a friendly introduction. You know, the old Cardassian friendly introduction. <laughs> Solon stares at you for a long moment. Those sharp, handsome features boring into you for a moment, and they just say, Okay. You're doing a thing my ex did. I don't like this. Well, that is a terrible thing to say to somebody. Oh, I am shit. <laughs> I said, you know, sometimes I just say stuff because it feels right, mm -hmm. which is... It's, it's because I'm trying not to do the Cardassian things. Do you know how many Cardassians, like, look at you and, like, smile and just, like, poison comes out of them in those words? And, like, I'm trying to reverse that. I'm trying to say what I actually think and I mean. And sometimes it feels like it backfires on me. I, was... I really do not like this thing that you gave me to drink. It wears off pretty quickly. Okay. How many more minutes? Probably not long if you want to sit here with me until it's done. Maybe. Yeah, chill with me. Okay. Or I could go pick a flight with Klingon. There's so many here. Probably shouldn't, though. Yeah. I could give you a lecture, of course, about causing a diplomatic incident, but I think it's more of the fact that what would really kill you is <coughs> the image of Captain Sol's disappointment forever burned into your memory. You know, I was about... 30 minutes away from walking from my desk and Captain Sol uh, descended from the heavens and convinced me to stay in Starfleet. That's a true story. Well, I should probably get them a gift basket then because I would never have met you. That's a very kind thing to say. I'm a bartender. I'm nice. It's my job. I'm nice to people. I guess I could never be a bartender then. I'm very impressed. Do you know anything about where I'm from? Do I? No. Solon's never really talked about themselves. No. I... I'm trying to do less of the information extraction thing that I was kind of... Cardassian's information anyway. I'm Vulcan, but I was raised on Betazoid. Betazet. Huh. My parents are Betazoid. How? I was there when the Dominion invaded. No, but... So I've met Cardassians that smile, yes. Yeah. You're not like them. We've only known each other for five minutes. I'm an excellent judge of character. The Betazoid and the Vulcan thing. Mm. How does that... It's not particularly a unique story. I was orphaned. Found some parents that really wanted to have a child. <laughs> it just so happens they got lucky because... They couldn't decide if they wanted a boy or a girl. Huh. They got me. Best of both worlds. How 
are betazoids with orphans. Good. But betazoids with Vulcan children can be challenging. Yeah. And being with a gender-fluid Vulcan, who unfortunately still has to experience Ponfar from time to time, that can be very challenging. They're good parents. Do you miss them? All the time. All the time. What do you miss about them? I miss their lessons. There was always a lesson in everything that they would say to me. They always had some kind of... You didn't find that didactic? No, of course not. I love hearing my parents speak. It was one of the few things that calmed me. I never learned the teachings of Surak. (laughs) That sounded awful. In fact, I grew up on a planet where people are encouraged to embrace their emotion. That was a pretty chaotic moment, but... The truth of the matter is, is I don't know if I would have discovered who I really was if I hadn't been given that kind of freedom. But I still have to deal with being a Vulcan. And so whenever I feel that rage that Vulcans have, or that lack of control, I always think of my parents' voice and the lessons that they would always say. Some of them were really just ridiculous. They would just say random things and try to turn it into like a fruit of wisdom. Like always use a straw in your drink and somehow equate that to our existential dilemma. (laughs) Always use a straw in your drink. But in the end, a lot of it stuck. They are the ones that made me realize that I was a people person and I wanted to do the tin bar. Particularly on a starship. But why... What kind of person? <laughs> That's an interesting chooses, beginning. Yes. Chooses to leave their family behind when they have such a good relationship with their family and just go explore space. Aren't you going to miss them? The cat, I haven't left them behind. They're right here. <laughs> Disney Channel ritual. <laughs> <laughs> They're just. It's just we're waiting to see each other again. That's all. Can I have another shot of whatever that was? Think you can handle it? (laughs) My cat, can I tell you something? What? You need to watch out for this. You told me you always rise to the challenge. Mm -hmm. It took me about 30 seconds to realize that all I had to do was throw a challenge to get you to do whatever I want. So, I'm going to go get you a drink because you're going to rise to the challenge and I asked you if you could handle it. But when I come back... Decide whether or not you actually want to drink it, okay? Okay, okay. I also promise to actually be here and not go pick a fight with the Klingon. That's good, because remember, I'm not the one you have to worry about. Captain Soul, disappointing glance. If you've never point, seen... Point, point, taken. Point taken. Six foot Orion with good shoulders give you a disappointing six foot five. glance. <laughs> oh, boy. And that is where we're going to stop for break. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we'll be back in about 10 minutes. Don't go anywhere, everybody. We're here at Narendra Station, and things are about to get really interesting. Oh. See you in about 10 minutes. <laughs> How so? How so? All right, everybody. Welcome back to Clear Skies. We're back from break. We're going to jump right back into the game. There's a lot going on right now. Um, so we just left off uh, a really interesting scene with Solon talking to the cat. Um, we're going to say enough time has passed as people have been filtering off the ship that... Um, 
when you're in your quarter, I guess, would you be in your quarters, Ambassador? Um, I probably wouldn't have disembarked, um, mostly because this is a sort of situation where um, if I can't bring patients with me because there's too many people, I'm probably not going to go. Okay. Um, and also, I'm sending a message to my parents. So. Oh, okay. So, patients, that might be tricky beaming over to the wrong Oh, I'm not bringing patients with me to that. I okay. just, I didn't want to disembark into a large, crowded, unknown space with my dog. Um, so you guys, by the way, are all being assigned, uh, the senior staff is being assigned to guest quarters on the ranger station. So you will, especially, particularly you, um, Ambassador, you are going to be given uh, special, comp- you're going to be given special quarters in the Federation Embassy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you will yeah. actually have a space for patients anytime you beam over. Yeah. I just That's wanted, just being arranged. I, I just basically wanted to go over when there was a little less hustle and bustle. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of it right now. Um, there's a chirping at your quarters um, as you're sort of reviewing some of the cultural indexes. Um, Enter. The, the door chirps and you see the door opens up and Prawl steps in and says, uh, I'm ready to go when you are, Ambassador. Of course, Commander Prawl. Um, I think I'm about as ready as I will ever be. You good? Uh, a little bit nervous, to be perfectly honest. It's, uh, it's a little strange. I, uh, felt a little bit ill at ease having not much to do during the two months that we've been in transit, and now that Suddenly, I'm up to bat. I'm just hoping I'm up to the challenge. There was a lot of people that put you on this assignment. Not, I mean, the law of averages would dictate that that many smart people can't be wrong. Uh, I appreciate the vote of confidence. Um, are you all right? I'm sorry. I don't mean. To <sighs> he exhales sharply, and he's like, "And you." You, you don't feel irritation. You feel this sort of like, shit, I've been seen. It's kind of like that feeling <laughs> of like, it immediately makes the connection and just says. <laughs> I apologize. I know it's. It's all right. Uh, it's all right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with it. But thank you for checking in. Oh. I'm fine. I'll be all right. Of course. Um, and... Uh, I have to admit, I'm still kind of getting used to everybody's varying boundaries when it comes to that kind of thing. If you'd rather I not mention that kind of stuff, I won't. I don't know, Ambassador. You're my friend. Uh, I know people get really protective, and they're not wrong making boundaries and stuff, but I don't give a damn. I'm glad to hear that you feel that we have become friends. Yeah. So let's go get a look at this warbird from the inside. Yes, let's. He motions to the door and opens up. Patience. Be a good girl. Patience just kind of stares at you, <laughs> doing the thing that dogs do when their ears are up, but they also kind of know you're leaving. Mm-hmm. So they're staring at you. Tail's not wagging. Tail does, does not go get the toy. Stares at you. That judging glance of like, you're leaving me. <laughs> you're <laughs> leaving. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I will be back, line. I promise. Prawl just goes. <coughs> dog's kind of. 
commanding. <laughs> she is my everything. Cut back to patients staring at you with judgmental eyes. <laughs> You're leaving. <laughs> All right, let's go. <laughs> Prawl just gives you a glance and smirks as the two of you walk out. Um, moments later, you're in the transporter pad, stepping up onto the pad. Um, Prawl looks across the transporter room at Singh, who nods, and uh, Prawl just says, Singh, can you do me a favor? Yes, sir, of course. What is it? Um... Could you rig an alarm on every transporter pad in the USS Ross to go off if it ever comes into contact with Romulan physiology? It's been something on my mind. And Singh goes, Excellent idea, sir. Yes, I could do that. Good. Would you mind also seeing to it that uh, if a Romulan tries to beam off of this vessel, that they're put into a diagnostic loop and held there until we can beam them into a holding cell? Yes, that could take a while. I might have to take one or two of the transporters offline. Uh, I'll need Captain Captain's permission or Exio's permission. They're busy. Ask Chief Tech. Put it on me. And uh, only do this when you've got time. Energize. The two of you beam... You watch the familiar, well-lit L-card room of the USS Ross vanish before your very eyes. And in that blue mist and the hum of the transporter, as those pulsing blue lights begin to part ways, you begin to see a darker interior unfold in front of you. Until finally the lights begin to materialize as your molecules reform on the transporter pad of a Romulan to Derenex-class warship. When you beam into this room, you are immediately greeted by... The intimidating sights of this very alien-looking transporter pad. Similar in setup to the one you just beamed off of, but different in the way it is presented. It doesn't have that sort of warm light to it that the transporter rooms of a Federation starship has. Instead, it's this black gloss everywhere you look. And this single designated area marked by these dots indicating where you're supposed to stand. Across the way are multiple Romulans in full uniform. Um... The Romulan uniform has evolved somewhat. It is not as horrifying as it has been in the past. Um, however, it does still carry that sort of silver-gray metal-looking mesh design across it. However, the sharpened shoulders have faded away, and what you now get is a more sharpened collar Cowards. going up the top. Um, but you do see that these particulars, um, these particular Romulan uniforms are well-fitted as well. They're not billowy in any way. They actually conform quite well to the body. Kind of immediately gives you the impression that they are designed for simple movement if they need to. But what really draws your attention are the two Riemann guards that are standing side by side um, on both sides of the transporter pad. They are fully armed with what looks like some kind of disruptor rifles. Um, none of them are drawn. They are attached to their backs. But the Riemanns who are standing in the darkened sections of these transporter room are just as frightening in appearance as you've read about in intelligence reports. Um, frightening to some, to adult <clears throat> Beaming in, um, the first thing you see standing, uh, flank, being flanked by both of these Remans, you see one Romulan. Um, looks like um, 
looks like probably somebody with formality to it to them. They they seem to be wearing the robes of an ambassador. And as you beam aboard, um, the moment the energizing is done, um, they nod and say, "Greetings, ambassador. I am Nali. I am the ambassador's aide, and I have been asked to meet you here." And I apologize to the ambassador who's not able to meet you in person. He is currently attempting a dialogue with General Cargan. I see. I can show you to the communications room, however, where that dialogue is being conducted. Of course, if, if you would, I would appreciate it. Uh, this is my um, associate, Commander Prawl. Commander Prawl, I'm Lee. Nali? Chief Security, this of course is Ambassador Marginal. I will be talking very little, as I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Very good. <laughs> they turn and look at you and say, would you follow me please, Ambassador? Of course. Um, the moment you guys step off the pad, one of the Remans sticks their hands out and puts it on Prawl's chest and Prawl stops and says, scout him for weapons. And the other one steps forward and you begin to see what looks like their equivalent of a trans, like maybe a tricorder attached to the wrist and just starts to run a scan over Prawl and then you. And as this is happening, um, Nali says, my apologies, Ambassador. The Ambassador will explain why the security measures There is absolutely no need to apologize. It is completely understandable. And as you see, we have no reason to be worried. Prawl just kind of says, you weren't able to detect that I was unarmed in the transporter. And the... Riemann doesn't say anything. Just looks at Prawl and finishes the scan. And the two of you are led out with the Riemanns falling in behind. Um, suspicion in Prawl. Doesn't believe why they why you were the excuse you were given for the scan just now. Um, you are led down a series of corridors. Now, this ship... It's in its enormous size. It must house an enormous amount of equipment and crew because the corridors are not anywhere near as spacious as they are on board the Ross. Um, darkened corridors too to sort of accommodate the Remans that are stationed on the ship. Interesting thing about these Remans, though, you notice they're wearing rank, which is not typical. In fact, a completely new piece of information. Remans typically, as you and most of the Federation are, became aware over time, served as a servitor cased in the Romulan Star Empire. These Remans apparently have postings. Um, a few moments later, as you're led down the corridor, you're led straight into a room, and as the door opens, you are hit in the face with a wall of sound. A Klingon shouting. Um, in Klingon. Your universal <laughs> translator is... I'm sure I pick up the word patak a couple of times. <laughs> patak, topa, you're hearing all of it. Like, it just hits all of you. You can see that the ambassador is actually speaking um, using a holographic projection. So you can see Cargan standing in front of the ambassador, screaming at him in Klingon, just as you arrive, the transmission cuts. The Romulan that uh, is standing in front of you is wearing very ornate-looking robes. Um, he's thin, probably late middle-aged, I get you would guess, as that jet-black glossed hair that Romulans typically have um, in, in some of the northern bloodlines, as it were, has streaks of vibrant gray mm -hmm. all coursing throughout um, his hair. And he's got crow's feet, sort of a weathered face, 
He seems to be someone who's probably probably a veteran at what he does. You get that much just from looking at him. And the emotional state that you feel the moment you enter the room is a combination of amusement and cynicism as you step inside. And he turns with sort of like this elegant pushing back of his robes and folding his arms behind his back as he sees you. These robes are sort of like this cream-colored with silks wrapped across his chest of greens and yellows and golds. Um, he turns and faces you and says, Ambassador Maginil. Ambassador Bagino? Please. Please. Can I get you a drink? Um, I'll take tea if you have it. Tea, of course. An earth delicacy. Do you have a particular flavor that you like? Oh, there's a particular uh, rice green tea that I enjoy. I'll see if we have that in our database. Thank you. And for you, Prawl. Yes, I'll have a Romulan ale, please. Hmm. Drinking on the job. Very well. I'm taking it, you're taking this as an opportunity to drink something you don't normally get where you're from. That's correct, yes. <laughs> he goes over to this replicator unit. Um, you do see that you are all alone in this room, save for one hooded Reman that is on the other side of the room. He stands close to seven feet tall and looks like he is adorned in the armors of the Riemann people. So it's this sort of gossamer looking like purpled and like iridescent color as he's like mounted up onto his shoulders. And this black, from this angle, like leathered looking armor wrapped around his chest. I've his, always thought Riemanns look a bit like beetles when they're armored. <laughs> yes. Um, they sort of have that, that same coating that the shell of the ship has where once it catches the light, it kind of has that refracting rainbow-esque like color of the different spectrums of purple in this in this particular Riemann. But that hood, that sort of heavy-clothed hood pulled up, over, pulled up over their eyes, which you know some Riemanns have if they have to operate outside of a ship. They'll do traditional hoods and whatnot. At first, it's kind of like a flinch. You didn't know he was there until you sensed the emotional state of somebody else in the room. And when you glanced over the seven-foot statue of a Riemann, just stoically standing there in the corner... Um, the ambassador says, Pugino raises his hand and says, oh, don't, don't be intimidated by Rotec. He's, he's always, he's always a fixture in a room. It's the way he prefers things. I assure you I was not intimidated. Prawl says, I was. <laughs> um, the Romulan sets down, uh, the Romulan ale, which is, of course, that beautiful light blue color. And then sets down a hot cup of tea and he says, I can't guarantee, unfortunately, if that's going to taste the way you remember it. Well, Genmai is Genmai, no matter where you drink it. As you take a sip, it definitely does not taste. <laughs> it's not bad, I'm though. I'm not going to uh, show that it doesn't. <laughs> he throws out his robes and slides into a chair and says, We live in an interesting moment in history, Ambassador. You and I and a very angry Klingon hmm. are attempting to find out if the goodwill of our three governments was a temporary fixture in a moment of crisis, or if there is a path to friendship beyond the bloodstained fields of war. I have um, an interesting relationship with diplomacy with regards to war. Hmm. You've probably read that I spent some time 
negotiating for the treaties on the D Dominion War after it was all over. And I spent quite a lot of time on Cardassia, helping them. But I've also spent a lot of time studying previous wars, both intergalactic and Earth-based. And I find that there's always one particular thing that runs through all of them. War happens because people are afraid. Peace also happens because people are afraid. So our objective then should be making sure we scare the Klingon into peace. Not at all. I think that fear is often used as a weapon in place of something a bit more subtle. I know exactly what you mean. My government, as it is well known, has earned a reputation, a well-earned reputation, for employing fear. Not just across the galaxy and the other races of the Alpha and Beta Quadrants, but to its own people. The incident with Praetor Shinzon has given us the opportunity to start anew. And there are a lot of Romulans, myself included, who would like to see a new chapter for the Romulan Star Empire. A new government that represents the people and who does not rule by fear. But just because the Senate was retired, it does not mean the old guard has all but vanished and we find ourselves fighting an old way of thinking. Fear is compromised. My people's vision to move forward into a new horizon. And I've been doing everything I can to supply them with that vision. But unfortunately, the first thing I have to do is showed them that a galaxy of friendship might be waiting for us if we do. The old habits are all starting to fall into place again, Ambassador. Mm. It's already begun here on Narendra Station. It is understandably troubling to the Klingons for Romulan to set up an em embassy here. It is also a perfect opportunity to heal wounds or create new ones if we fail. I find that some people view evolution as a thing to be staved off for as long as possible. The status quo is something that people feel comfortable with. Klingons possibly more than anyone, and I would say Romulans equally so. Perhaps more so. Klingons have their tradition, but in a way, the division of the Klingon government into houses is actually, well, let's just say that corruption in the Klingon government, while has always been present, has never been quite as long-lasting as it has been in my government. In Klingon society, you can be challenged in open court, slain, your houses seized, and you can be wiped from the memory of the Empire. 
in Romulan society. You simply vanish. And your seat is filled by somebody else who did this job better than you. The Tal Shiar are becoming more and more roguelike. I'm sure you and your friends in Starfleet Intelligence have been hearing the name Siva be whispered. Unfortunately, I think whisper is a relative term at this point. We heard that agents were slain on Earth. Many in the Senate were shocked to find out that there were agents on Earth. When we demanded an explanation from the Tal Shiar, they attempted to feign surprise. But there are many of us that are not fools. We believe that Sila is exerting her control over a secret sect of our government and is attempting to seize power. She's building her influence. Friend breaks protocol suddenly and you just prawl. Uh, prawl. Huh. prawl breaks protocol. You hear him just go, How the hell could you possibly know about what happened on Earth? Yeah. Our good boy. Um, the ambassador leans back and says, That is a very understandable question, mm -hmm. Lieutenant Commander. If you're wondering if we have any more agents on your the answer is no. Prawl says, how can you make that kind of assessment <laughs> when you didn't know you had agents there in the first place? Um, and you, the ambassador says, we have our information sources, just as the Federation does. In any case, this meeting is not to establish why we should distrust you but why we should work together for the benefit of everyone in this sector. Agreed. So whether there is a question of why they know a thing or not, I choose trust. I choose trust as well, Ambassador. And I'm willing and ready to follow any guidance you might have to build this trust with Cargan. Admiral Hebert seems to be willing. Cargan seems to be the problem. Hmm. I think that Cargan is comfortable with the way things have been. I can understand why to him this incursion, as he would probably view it, is in front. There is probably no amount of kowtowing we could do that would convince him that having a Romulan on board the station is a good idea. However, we could probably convince him that is a necessary idea. I have a thought. A face-to-face -face conversation would be ideal. Of course. Cargan will never let me aboard Narendra. Hmm. And but he would never come aboard my vessel. I believe the promenade is at your disposal, if I can get the captain's permission. Promenade? Oh. I uh, am equipped with my own <coughs> base of operations aboard the USS Ross. 
I would have to speak to my captain. Yes, I noticed your galaxy class looked different. The Ross is a very special ship, much like your own vessel. Yes. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> and I think so that invest- in and of itself is a, a show of goodwill that you would allow an agent of Starfleet and the Federation aboard your ship, no questions asked. This is certainly a first, yes. In the old days, this would never be permitted. In the old days, I might be reviewed for execution for such a thing. But the old days, as I said, are over. It is time for something new. If you can get your captain's permission to use this promenade, then I would agree. Neutral ground is always a a good thing. And I would be happy to provide it if possible. Well, I would say this was an excellent first meeting then. Return to your ship and check with your captain. I will await your answer. And hopefully we can convince Cargan to attend. And what what did you say his name was again? Rotak. Rotak. It is very nice to meet you, Rotak. Um, no movement. And he says, he's not being rude, I promise. Oh, I he takes his job. He takes his job as a bodyguard very seriously. I know the feeling. <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Prawl, it was nice to meet you. He says, yes, uh, do you shake? <laughs> yes, we shake. <laughs> Reaches over and shakes his hand. Says, Am- yeah. Ambassador. Ambassador? I look forward to seeing you again, and hopefully we can continue to work together to bring all of this to a fruitful conclusion for everyone. Any luck? I would uh, beg your indulgence for a little bit more patience for just a while longer. And also... Ah. He glances at Prawl for a second and just says, there is a reason why I was giving you my background in the state of the Romulan Empire. Patience is something normally we would absolutely employ. Historically, it has been the chief weapon of the Romulan people. Mm. Our hands are somewhat forced in finding friends quickly. I understand. I. I know that things are in a fragile state right now. And I know my arrival like this has not made things easier, and I am happy to make a formal apology for our sudden appearance. I wouldn't uh, hold off on writing that. If you've got one prepared, all the better. (laughs) Oh, I am... I have a daughter. And I constantly constantly mistake some of her favorite artists every time she presents new paintings and drawings to me or holographic sculptures. In other words, Ambassador, I have gotten quite skilled at apologizing. Mm. (laughs) Well, that is uh, good to know. I'll see you back to the transporter room. Thank you. Rotek, would you pushes off the wall? Um, 
Despite his size, Vrotek does not look immense. This doesn't look like a hugely well-built. As Vrotek moves, you begin to realize he's built more like a built more like a basketball player. Seven foot tall. Like Raymond's that, whips. That lean, sort of like long-legged, um, that it gives the cloak effect around him sort of this ominous, sithy look as he comes stepping <laughs> through. Kind of like this small drift. But you can see... Um, no visible weapons as he approaches. Um, however, as he does get closer, it's impossible to miss the light catch his low-light vision eyes in the light. So it does the thing that animals do when you flash that flashlight in their direction. You kind of catch that for a brief moment. And um, he stops next to the ambassador and does this with this sort of long fingernailed clawed hand. And Prawl just nods and says, thank you. And gets behind you, putting you between him and the Riemann. Um, and the two of you walk out. Um, the next moments into the transporter room as you both step up. Um, the ambassador looks at you and says, I will await your signal, ambassador. And before I go, I just want one quick read. Um, from who? I mean, I'm try- not trying the Riemann. I'm not getting anything from him. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, I could try, but I don't know if I want to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, from... Because I think that in this case, uh, because because there's a... Uh, with Raymond specifically, there would be an actual... I would have to roll for it, I think. There are occasionally Raymonds that are highly telepathic. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not sure if this is one of them. Mm-hmm. But um, you glance at the Raymond and you look at the ambassador and nod. The emotion you get from the ambassador is hopeful. Mm. And he says something in Romulan, and you see this. I mean, even the Romulan transporter has sort of a vaguely sinister, like, hissing sound as you beam back aboard <laughs> the USS Ross. And as you reappear, um, you see uh, Chief Singh is with two ensigns, and they're pulling open the transporter pad and just running a diagnostic. As you beam aboard, he finishes pulling back the transporter and says, Welcome back. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Paul immediately turns to you and goes, I don't trust him. I don't know what that scan was all about. That was bullshit. I don't think you're wrong, Mr. Romulanale. When in Rome. You ever heard that saying? When in I have, and I am. I'm not judging. There. I'm just... You can call me uh, amused. But yes, I do think that that was... Um, Interesting. I don't know that I don't trust him. He does seem, from what I can tell, at least hopeful that this is going to work out. But there is definitely something amiss. The only thing that I got to see on the battlefield that was more terrifying than a Jim Hadar soldier was watching a Reman fight one. Reemans are. I have only encountered a small handful in my time. I find them incredibly intriguing. Did you see their ranks? I did. That... That's new. It is, but it's also, I have to say... Encouraging? Encouraging. I'm with you on that. He steps down off the transporter pad and looks up at you and says... Romulans have, as you know, historically employed misdirection. They fire off mixed signals all the time and tell lies within lies within lies. 
Ambassador, this is your battlefield. I'll go where you point. Mm. But I'm just saying, I'm never taking my eyes off these guys. Ever. I think that's fair. You know who else we should probably get in this mix? Yeah, we're going to have to talk to Captain Sol about this. Not just her. Them. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. them. Mm. Not just them. I happen to have observed you getting close to a certain Cardassian. The cat? I know her rather well, actually. I think she may have mentioned something about that. Not, didn't go into detail, though. No, I would imagine not. But there's one thing that I know about the cat. She doesn't miss a beat. The cat's one of my favorite people on this ship, Ambassador. She has no filter from her brain to her mouth. <laughs> Are you sure you want her yeah. in a room with an ambassador? I don't necessarily decision? want her in the room. But I do think that her opinion could be very valuable. There's no doubt about that. I don't know anyone more suspicious than the cat. <laughs> you got me there, Ambassador. <laughs> you got me there. Well... As he turns, the transporter room door opens and an ensign enters with Commander Scythic. And Prawl freezes in his place. And Scythic approaches Prawl and just says, Lieutenant. Commander, actually. Commander. Indeed. My apologies. And then walks right past him, up onto the transporter pad. Ah. Energize. And Sing just beams him off. And you see, he kind of glances and goes, huh. And Prawl, without a word to you, walks out of the room. What an enigma, enigma that one is. So we'll catch you up to speed. Essentially, you receive a communique from the ambassador and Prawl, giving you a report about how the meeting went. Okay. This is, of course, immediately relayed to the amba- to Admiral April Ebert. Mm-hmm. So that's Abert. happening. Ebert. Mm-hmm. It's going to take us a while to deprogram that one. Ebert nah. is being formed. What is everyone else doing while this is happening? I'm just watching. <laughs> I'm still. I'm still watching you. Somehow. Um, how loopy am I? Does <laughs> um, the effects of the synth, the synth ale drink, it, they're real minor. Great, great. And they don't seem to stack, as it were. Right. So as you right. continue throwing you it did, back. Did, you're responsible you, you, for yourself, you is what did. we're saying. <laughs> you did take the, the, the second drink? Um, no, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. Solon would have reached across the table and goes, I will take it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to learn how to make these. And throws it back. And says, there is a strange story behind this drink. I think a fiction writer must have come up with it. Okay, I'm curious. I'll bite. It's ridiculous. I don't know the full story, but apparently it was some kind of recipe that fell out of the sky from another universe. Sounds fake. Probably fake. McCall. Yes. (laughs) Why don't you come and join us? You're like, 
<laughs> six meters away. Yeah, so I've been the watching it the entire time. I've been no. <laughs> yes. Doctor, yeah. join us, please. Of course. Hello. Where is Chief Tech? <laughs> Are you asking us, Lieutenant oh. Lacat? I mean, <laughs> Lieutenant Lacat to Chief Tech. Yeah. Uh, go for Tech. Uh, what's up? <laughs> what? What's up? What do you mean, what's up, Lieutenant? Where, uh, are you, where are you at? It's like a you up text. Yeah. You up, I'm, chief? I'm in my workshop. Did you need something? Dari is across from you right now. <laughs> and the Andorian woman looks up at you and she goes, do you, do, do you feel like having a drink? I'm a little busy, Lieutenant. Uh, what did you have in mind? Calm still on. He's busy. He's busy. Dari reaches. Dari reaches across the work out. desk through the holographic projection and taps your in your your combat, yeah. turning it off. And yeah. she just goes, "Go." Yeah. Yeah. The you last should. time you had a drink, remember how badly that ended? She's trying to bridge the gap. You should. You should go. Make a new memory over drinks. But we can't with the transporters. I can't leave that to say. The transporters are fine. Look, Prawl dropped this on us in the last second. Let me take care of it. Then that way, it's oh, not on your shoulders. God. You sure? Yeah. I'll work with Singh on this. Go. You know what? It's a party. Lieutenant LeCat to uh, oh, no. to Lieutenant Ren. Oh god. Uh yeah. What's Come up? Come a drink with us. Sure, where are you? I sent him my location. The promenade. <laughs> Jeez. You're on the promenade? Yep. Okay. I'll see you in a minute. This is the friendliest you'll ever see me. Okay. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? <laughs> um Chief Tech to Bren. Uh, go for Vren. <laughs> Did you get one from LeCat too? Yeah, I guess we're going to the promenade. Oh, you are going. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right, we're going. All right, see you there. Okay. Well, do you want to do you want to go together? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll meet you at the turbo lift. Great. LeCat to Olin. No, wait. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Mission. Never what? mind. Never mind. <laughs> I just finished. Never mind. Okay, this is what happens <laughs> when you give a goose speed dial to everybody on the ship. Um, so, <laughs> honk badge. Honk badge. Honk badging it. She's loopy. She's loopy. Okay? Um, so about, I'd say, ten minutes later, you show up. Um, you Everyone is assembled except for Vryn is not there. Um, yeah. I thought we would come over together, but he didn't show. Yeah, he never showed to the to the uh, turbo lift. You eventually just beamed over. Yeah. Wait, really? Uh, yeah, Vren didn't mm. show. I don't like that. He's got he's got one of those task oh. breaks, and I bet he's trying to avoid actually having to do this. No wait, there's way too oh that Cardassian sense. There's way too many Klingons on here for it to be just that actually. This is the we most amount of Vren. words. Take. Take a shot of this, <laughs> um, and she's gonna put. Solon smiles and slides it over. Um. Were you expecting somebody great. else? Well, it's great. Well, Can I roll to convince them to drink? <laughs> Can I ask the bartender Social with knowledge combat. of the drink? Will this kill me? Because alcohol, in sense, kills Cations. It, it's very can be fatal. It's alcohol. Drink. True, but it's, I don't it's not alcohol. I know that, but it's not like close enough to where it would no, have any No, it's not alcohol at all. Me. Nope. I mix it with my tea. <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> That's going to taste fun. That's um, going to be great. All right. So Solon leans back in his chair and just, or their chair and just kind of, well. <laughs> he's kind of there. Yeah, because they're there. Um, yes. Looks at all of you and just says, so 
This is the first time I've gotten to actually see you all in one room together. This is exciting. Where's Exio? We should have everyone here. Are we not worried about Ren? Ren? Do you remember the last time we lost track of him? The lieutenant? Yes. Why can't you just call him? Chirp him up. Uh, what's his first name? Xylus? Uh, yeah. There's also the command James and locate friend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> go like for Vren. Where are you? Where are you? I'm on the promenade. The There's one no one here. Starbase. The Starbase <laughs> promenade. Oh. You didn't specify. Funny. I sent him my location. Uh, well, it's nice and quiet in the promenade, I can tell you that. Uh, I'm here. here. Where are you? Hey, I went to the promenade. lying? Okay. <laughs> Does no, he sound like he's, he's on the ship. No, Ren is dense, but I don't think he's this dense. Like, listen, as a person who's sat next to him for the last two Hold months. Hold up, you here on the on the communicator. <laughs> you told me this is the friendliest you've ever been, and I'm literally hearing you insult me. <laughs> this is, will you turn your call off? <laughs> <laughs> this is like a Solon is red in the face. <laughs> and has, has literally like slumped over the side. And he's doing the shoulder oh, no. shake because they are laughing so hard, they're not making any noise. Dr. McCrell to Exio. This is me being nice. Go for Exio. You are needed on the Starbase Promenade to observe everyone's mental stability. So, did you just hang up? Yes. <laughs> that alarming message. I'm a Captain, doctor. there may be a possible emergency. There may be an outbreak of mental dis... dis- I'm, I'll be right back. Not the material. Oh, God. Not an emergency. So I'm, like, I'm like running to the um, Starbase promenade. You dash out of the Admiral's office as you get up and nearly throw the chair behind you. Uh, the Admiral watches Exio run out the door. Oh, was he meeting? They were in the meeting with the Admiral. Um, no big. She watches Exio run out the door, and when the, sh- the door closes behind Exio, <clears throat> she says, you know, this is going to sound a little ridiculous, but I love that Exio runs and uses the doors. Well, she is running off of a mobile emitter at the moment. That's true. I mean, we have plenty of emitters here in Ranger, but they're not programmed to be able to take her... Well, program. Maybe that could be arranged, though, if she wants it. It would be appreciated if she's interested, given that we're going to be here. For some time. At least for the foreseeable future. Yes. I'm really looking forward to when I can take you off diplomacy detail. Although I'm going to be putting your diplomat through the ringer on this one. But there's a lot of expanse to explore, and I want to get on that. So far, the Johnson's been able to do a hell of a job for deep space scanning. But for the most part, we've been gathering as much intel as we can through our telescopes and long-range sensor readings. We've been sending probes out into the nebulas, we've been examining star clusters, but we need a ship out there. And I don't know how much longer the USS Johnson's going to be staying in this side of this, the sector. Oh, are they taking off? Well, depending. Starfleet is not as excited about the Shackleton Expanse as they used to be. What prompted that? The reconstruction. I'm sure they might be again in a few years, but right now my resources have thinned out considerably. How does it feel to be trendy like a one-shoulder dress? <laughs> I miss wearing dresses. She kind of glances off. The uniforms change every couple of years. Maybe next time the dress uniform will be. Scant. Gods. I hope not. Have you ever seen some of the old Federation uniforms, Captain? Oh, I like some of them. 
Some of them, perhaps, but still a little too short for my tastes. <laughs> you know, my culture practice is not even to wear the uniforms, so even this is what we do for duty. My parents can be pretty conservative. <laughs> they would never let me wear a uniform like that. Oh. We are out here on the edge of space with an entire unexplored vast expanse of space right in front of us, just waiting to put all of that scientific and engineering power to use to explore the great unknown, the whole reason why we signed up for Starfleet. Right outside that window, she nods. Who knows what's waiting for you and your crew out there? And we're certainly excited to find out what you get to explore. I envy you. I would love to be able to wrap this up and get Cargan to shut the hell up so that we can get you and the USS Ross doing what she was designed to do. Exploring all of that space, making first contact, using those incredible diplomatic suites you have to the disposal and making new friends on this side of space. Right now, the strip is... If things go poorly in the next few years, the Romulans are going to become a very big problem. This has always been a tenuous position to try to hold for the Federation. Have you heard about the Synthetic Initiative? I've heard of some promise. Starfleet is currently debating on whether or not to send us a synthetic workforce to help man the resource areas that we don't have covered because of everything being stretched thin due to the reconstruction. I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be perfectly honest with you. It could be a big help. I suppose that's true. I look at Exio and I see a living being that chose to be who she is. She was designed to be a counselor program, and she wanted more. She wanted everything, just like the rest of us. That's exciting. That's interesting. Like Commander Data. Wanted to be more. Wanted to know. Wanted to explore existence. I don't know how I feel about this initiative for Synthetic Workforce. Holograms didn't start being Axio. If these synthetic life forms are going to grow and flourish, they start somewhere. We treat them accordingly. She kind of gives you an amused look and she's like, that is perhaps the most gentle way anyone has ever called me a hypocrite. Mm. <laughs> You're right for calling me out on it. <laughs> I couldn't imagine ever doing such a thing to an admiral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she turns in her chair and looks over at the Dederedix class that's just outside the viewports. And she says, let's get our house in order so we can get you out there doing what you were supposed to be doing, Captain. You didn't leave intelligence just so you could come here and play nursemaid to the Klingons' angry attitudes towards the Romulans. How long have you worked with the general now, Admiral? Too long. I'm starting to get the impression. Cargan is 
Look. I have an enormous amount of love and respect for the Klingon culture. I do. And I was excited to get this assignment when Starfleet asked me if I wanted it. I said yes. The idea of being on a space station on the edge of the universe and being this close to Klingon culture, that sounded exciting to me. Can I ask you something, Captain? Of course. Can you think off the top of your head any other species in the galaxy that evokes the name of their own species as often as the Klingons do? We are Klingons. The Klingon Empire, the Klingon Defense Force, everything they do is we are Klingon. I can only think of one if you'd call them a species, and I wouldn't find it an especially flattering comparison. No. Yes. You'll be happy to know that the Shackleton has been blessedly empty of any detectable activity from that end. If it had been active, if we had picked up any suspicious activity of any transwarp conduits or any such nature like that, I guarantee you Starfleet would be taking a much keener interest in what we're doing. You read my report. That's right, yes we did. We still don't know the circumstances of that incursion or where it happened. I've got some information. You didn't see this. She pulls out a data pad and tosses it across the desk. It slides right over to you. I'm up into it. Apparently, Chancellor Martok didn't know that planet existed. Klingon intelligence kind of conveniently erased it from the records. He was angry when he found out. I'm told one doesn't like the Chancellor when he's angry. I'll say this for Martok. He is probably the most, most noble Klingon that I've ever met. Klingon culture would demand the annihilation of those people. It would be considered a mercy. It would be considered an affront to let them continue living. To try to find a life as they are now, that's abhorrent to the Klingon culture. Martok, though, when he found out, instituted a quarantine so that those people could live in peace and sent two supply ships worth of tech. So the colony, supposedly, is well underway. But he quarantined the entire system. And according to our diplomatic corps and Starfleet intelligence, he didn't make any secret about his concern being someone trying to come and harvest the Borg technology out of those Klingons ever again. I have a feeling that system is going to be scrutinized for a long time. But I did read that the Orion Syndicate was involved. How are you doing with that? It means that there's a pipeline. It means if this one little fractured cell had an interest in moving parts, that there's a whole market out there somewhere. Someone who had the savvy to know how to use it, people who knew how to extract it. The existence of this one little cell suggests quite a lot more. And probably from the Galactic Quest, judging by the weapons my lieutenant found on them. Yes, I heard about the Dominion polarized rifles. Between you and me, Captain? Sir. I don't know why, but because of how quiet everything is out there, she points out the window. Shackleton could either be home to some of the greatest scientific discoveries of this century, or we might be pulling up a rock with a lot of creepy qualities underneath. 
Well, if we pull up a rock with a lot of creepy crawlies, I suppose at least the entomologists will be making discoveries. <laughs> Let's go connect with your ambassador and see what we can do about facilitating this meeting on board the Ross. Yes. And she Find stands up. What on earth my commander got into? <laughs> so actually, based off of that, um, as the shenanigans are happening, like on the on the main hall, mm-hmm. uh, Tech came in thinking that there would have been a moment, but sees that there's clearly just stuff happening. Two words: mm-hmm. Fight Club. I'm out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I take uh, two of the maresses, the flutes, uh, and I quietly beam back to the Ross. Okay, uh, slipping away. Yeah. And as I walk through the corridors, I'll ask, uh, Computer, locate uh, Ambassador Olin Majanil. Ambassador Ma- Olin Majanil is on the promenade. And I'll head towards that. Okay. Um, so for the purposes of getting... So when I get there, nothing is there? <laughs> just there? Oh, just no. Cool. No. Did I no. Unless you call I'm... me to... You come running up, and no, it's just you and Vren. Hey, Axio! Commander! <laughs> No, I said no, Starbase. I said Starbase. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when you come running up, you yeah. would have been you were called about the same time Vren was. Because Vren's trying to redirect now because yeah. he's went to the oh. home base and so now so, he's going to the right place. So when you've beamed onto the Starbase, you yes. literally are confronted with the white mutton chops of <laughs> Lieutenant Commander or Lieutenant Vren, who looks up at you and just goes, Oh hey XCO, Commander. Commander. Forgive me, there is a possible um, emotional distress emergency. Who told you that? McCrell. How could she have known that? Please, I mean... <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, goodness me, are you sick too? What is going on? Uh, no. <laughs> Let's go help. Hold the phone. The what? <laughs> it's an expression. Never. Um, I'm surprised you don't know that, actually. Um, never mind. Brass monkey. Um, <laughs> are you all right? Starbases yes. seem to bring out a lot of weird emotions in yeah, people. Yeah, I just don't like being around Kling- Klingons. Love to relive the war. I don't like to relive the wars. Every time I'm around Klingons, I get a little like you know. Okay. That's all. Would you like to stay here? <clears throat> yeah. Can I go back? Actually, Vrin. I mean, uh, uh, that is your name. Are you all right? <laughs> yesterday, I kind of had a panic attack, and oh. and it, it was because I I knew we were arriving at Narendrad. It's I just Klingons make me nervous. Okay. Then please don't go. Yeah, I'm gonna. You, could you? Would you? Could you tell a cat that like I got? You know what? Just tell her that I'm still practicing eating an egg. And with that, he steps back up onto the transporter and be like, "She'll she'll understand what that means." I understood what that means. I remember I cleaned up your puke. Yeah, thank you for doing that too. <laughs> I really appreciate that. That was really nice. Yes, I really must go now. Okay. And 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 if you'd like to schedule an appointment, just let me know. And then. You bolt. Energize, please! Please! He begins to beam away. <laughs> okay. Um, so, in the interest of getting in yep. the ambassadorial scene before we yes. wrap tonight, yes. we will yes. say the shenanigans are happening. Yes. You I'm very all... disappointed. It's just a babysitting job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was in a meeting. You are all reprimanded. Uh, yeah, that's real. That's there is, legit. in fact, yes. there, there is, in fact, on on one of the hollow suites, um, there is, in fact, a fight club, a Klingon fight club. Equivalent. They are all reprimanded. Um, the uh, species from every race, including Starfleet officers, are actually here watching the fights happen. Yes. Um, and a lot of these are ritualistic fights with blunted batlets, oh, and you're watching them compete in these dueling tournaments. 
and it is a ruckus crowd. Um, but one thing you observe, Exio, as yes. you're watching everyone, including including your crew with like wide eyes watching all of this happen, yes. you're actually watching Starfleet officers and Klingons enjoy, you know, a violent sport, but a sport. Everyone here, you're watching. The thing that strikes you is across the room, you see a Klingon that's probably pushing 315 pounds of muscle, cheering and thro- like laughing as he's crashing a mug. Next to the five foot six redhead woman that is also laughing and crashing a mug back into him, and she drops it and picks it back up and like double fist this as it's going down. Like you're actually watching these warriors down there. The, the batlets are not stabbing or cutting, but they are pummeling, and it is violent. <laughs> and um, the duels as they happen, um, all of this is being done to Klingon music in the background, so it's very bombastic and loud and raucous. The few Klingon fights that break out are a few headbutts, and then there's cheering in the crowd as another fight breaks out. No Starfleet officers are involved, and everyone looks like they're having a good time. No Starfleet officers are involved? No, they stand Not back and... <laughs> My tail um, is twitching. <laughs> the, the rest of you are on the promenade right now yes. with the Romulan ambassador. Um, and uh, escorting him from the transporter room you see uh, the doors open as the lot of you. As you've approached the ambassador, he's nodded and said, Captain Sell, I know we only have a moment before our guests arrive, but I wanted to thank you personally for facilitating this meeting. This is... I realize you're doing me a favor. I'm doing my duty to Starfleet, of course, Ambassador. It's lovely to make your acquaintance. And you. And this is my bodyguard, Rotek. Um... Saul, it's not often you look up at someone. Um, Rotek stands there very stoically behind the ambassador and doesn't doesn't acknowledge anything. Doesn't move, doesn't do anything. He's just kind of stoically standing there. And he says, I assure you, it's it, it makes Rotek comfortable to be still. It's not posturing. <laughs> he smiles. <laughs> do you always apologize for your bodyguard on first acquaintance? Always. The appearance of Remans can be somewhat alarming to some people who are not familiar with them. That's terribly gracious of you, then, Ambassador. He nods and says, thank you. I'm also looking after Protec. Hmm. Understood. <laughs> the door is open, and without even having to turn around, you know it's a Klingon. <laughs> because you hear the jingling of, like, the armor, the the the... The sash, the you can hear all of the clinking sounds of like an overcoat that has all of the like the metals upon it. Not quite as heavy, obviously, as a chancellor's, but one befitting of a general. And you hear the heavy footsteps. As you turn and look, you see the admiral escorting in the general. Cargan is, uh, I would describe him as somewhat rotund, about. Uh, pushing about six foot um, scowling face cruel looking eyes a very sharp ridge going and giving way to these big mass of black <laughs> thick Klingon hair um, his footsteps are heavy and angry from the moment he starts walking in and he strides right up and raises his chin doesn't look at anyone else and stares right at the ambassador the Romulan and Admiral Everett goes, General, this is... I know who this is. 
You're the Romulan ambassador. And this is the only place we could meet where I could not kill you on sight. Um. Welcome aboard, General. The General stares at you and looks you up and down. You get the impression he is gauging you. And then he looks and says, I heard Starfleet let an Orion wear the pips. <clears throat> and he tilts his head back to you. Admiral Ebert just does this as as he turns and looks the other way. Admiral Ebert just looks at you and goes. And Ambassador Majunil. It is very nice to meet you, General Hagen. I'm sure it is. Make your case. You already know my position. I'm here to listen to you all waste your breath. Well, it's what we diplomats are trained to do, so have fun. And he stands there. And... May I get you some blood wine, General? He glances at you and says, Very well. Um, the Romulan raises his hand and Pugino says, make that two, please, Captain. Why not make it a party? Um, blood wine is served. Um, stash. I was going to say, oh, you guys uh, <laughs> took on an actual stash. We yes. will say, in, in transiting through Klingon space and picking up ingredients for the chief, I don't think it's a momentum spend to say that you guys acquired a, a barrel of blood wine. No. It's the only place to get it. It's yeah. literally the only place you, know, I mean, you can get it outside, but... Um, uh, Solon knows. Right, right. <laughs> um, everyone takes seats in the center of this promenade. The sounds of a holographic waterfall in the background and the chirping of birds overhead. And you can see Cargan is looking at all this with disgust on his face. <laughs> and it takes a few moments as he drinks the blood wine, and you can see some of it dribble down the side of his face as he slams the mug back down and just says, Stuff, Reach. After a Borg invasion and war with the Dominion, you still build luxury ships. I suppose it could be galling for a ship to be both luxurious and capable of taking on a Klingon cruiser, but I understand. We would not want to damage your gardens, Captain. Your flowers might burn in space. Uh, at that point, the ambassador says, we're going to leave threatening each other to another meeting and discuss the matters at hand. Please. And Cargan leans back as the hackles go back down and says, Speak. Ambassador opens his hands and says, There is no words in my language or yours that could possibly smooth We cannot write rewrite history. General Cargan, and I know that. There's a true opportunity here to build something new. We've forged an alliance in the fires of war against the Dominion, and now there is a chance to move forward. All I ask is to be present as our friends in the Federation and the Klingon Empire 
achieve their dreams of scientific exploration and friendship between governments. Your words are pretty. Uh, you really think the Klingon Empire will permit a Romulan to walk upon Narendra Station? There is still a scarred hole on the side of Narendra 3 from where your cruisers annihilated 3,000 citizens of the Klingon Empire. Another time, but that will not be an excuse. Let us discuss reparations then. Reparations are made in blood, Ambassador. We don't require money or territory. Very well, whose blood would you like? Whose blood would you like? Everyone from that period in history are gone, General. You're talking about the sins of grandfathers. We have a chance for something new. All I'm asking is that you show a little vision and give us a chance to prove to you that the Romulan Empire today is not the one that dishonorably broke treaty and committed that cowardly attack on you. That seems to trigger a response in Cargan, and he glances over at you. I think what is important at this point for all of us to remember is that we are rebuilding. Not just the Klingons, not just the Romulans, not just the Federation, but every sector of this space has been torn apart by a war that didn't need to happen and did anyway. And we have an opportunity now to tell the ghosts of our past that they can rest. There is no dishonor in shaking hands with a rival and making them a friend. This station is named after a graveyard that you created. And do you really think that the spirits of your honored dead give a damn about whether or not this feud continues? They've found their glory. What will history and songs say about you and yours? His eyes slowly fall to the ambassador. The Romulan ambassador says nothing to that. He adds nothing to that. Instead, he just silently waits. There's a jerking motion as he leaps up out of his chair, throwing his chair back. The movement is so sudden that it causes Rotec to take a single step forward. Olin's the, on their feet. The Klingon ambassador says, Salt doesn't move. Okay. The Klingon ambassador just stares down and says, I am not responsible for his safety. You may come aboard Narendra Station. You do so under the protection of the Federation. Not the Klingon Empire. With that, he abruptly turns angrily. And as his thundering visage disappears down the long walkway of the promenade until it comes to the doors and he steps through. 
Admiral Ebert turns and looks back at you and says, Ambassador? Prawl leans forward and says, Still think they made a mistake sending you? <laughs> that is actually where we have to stop for the evening. <laughs> Don't worry. This is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. But Step one. <laughs> that was some serious Picard-level monologuing there, Aki. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well done. Wow. I took my paws off for that. <laughs> I can give you a real a pause. Oh. A pause. a pause. Oh no. <laughs> great game, you guys. Great game. RPG heavy game. This was a great session. Yeah. Um, really curious to see what happens with the crew of the USS Ross next. And now that y'all are here at Narendra Station, oh. um, the Romulan ambassador being given leeway to set up an embassy with parameters that are not ideal. Now the fight club begins. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, like, what? And now okay. we have to flashback yeah. to whatever conversation it was that we had. Over oh. a couple of Marines. Let's right. do that. Let's let's yeah. bookmark that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. I would love to see how that plays out in like a time displacement. Like, uh -huh. where are you guys now? That like, right? Because yeah. now you can have a conversation that will like really give an interesting context to where we just landed. Very uh -huh. excited. Um, that's great. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up then. Thank you so much. This is such a great session tonight, you guys. Thank you to the crew of the USS this Ross so much fun. and to our Ox crew. Yay. Oh man, oh man! I'm so excited now. <laughs> so much. We're finally here. I'm yeah. just really excited. We're, we're finally here. Um, all right. So everybody, thank you so much as always for joining us, for supporting Stream Punks, for supporting Q Times. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks to our mods. Yes. Thanks to everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Clear Skies. We will see you next Monday at 6:30 p.m. This same time, same place. Until then, everyone, stay whimsical. Hailing frequencies are closed.